guys. We can't record without Jess ever again. Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPaul's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome to our Star Wars Vision Season 2 episode. My name is Noah. My pronouns are he, him. And you can find me on social media pretty much anywhere at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Seer Sharonin in space. I'm sorry. I was thinking about her <laughs> today. And I know that Seer Sharonin is not a part of that, but I think about her. <laughs> me when Irish people? Okay. All right. That's, I'll take that, but. <laughs> Hello, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is Wedge and Tilly's Tummy T. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a, he is prepared to influence. You know, he's getting affiliate links. Exactly. And good oh, for him, honestly. Shop his TikTok shop. Oh my god, Wedge Antilles influencer era. I am obsessed with that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. But my name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's fresh with a PH. And my agenda this week is Ariana Grande. I know that oh she's hitting those god. I know she's hitting those whistle tones. I know that she is <laughs> serving. I know that she has that high pony. Not the high pony. And what about it? Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Claudia, and my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says, and my gender this week is... It's the Chilean National Anthem today. (laughs) (laughs) You're so Um, real for that. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you could hear that on the microphone. Today, I'm feeling extremely patriotic. Um, Obviously, we already have Pedro Pascal. We already have Pablo Hidalgo in the story group. Um, Star Wars continues to be Chilean. I will be talking about it consistently today. You will be sick of me. You'll be absolutely sick of me because guess what, girlies? Everyone's been saying that, that the one from Punk Robot Studio is one of the best ones. And you know what? That's excellence. That's class. And, you know, and there's also me and I like Star Wars. My family is Chilean, so you know what? Maybe it's anyways. That's my gender. My gender today is the country of Chile. Anyway, my, my gender today is Chilean pride. Thank you for coming. And yeah, during Pride be, Month, so true. That's so we need a pride flag for people are. from Chile. What pride flag is that? Chilean. <laughs> okay. Also, I like um, your pride shirt. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, Jess is not with us this week. Um, that fucked up little jean jacket looking ship from, um, from Screecher's Reach, um, took them away. So, oh, cause hopefully they'll be back. In the, spy da- in the Spy Dancer at one point, it looks like jean jacket. No, so jean jacket There's yeah. a lot of jean jacket imagery. Mm-hmm. I guess, suffice to say, we are talking about Star Wars Vision Season 2 today, in case you couldn't figure it out by... You know, the description of the podcast, the notes, what we've been talking about. The title. (laughs) In case you couldn't figure it out, you stupid idiot. I'm just kidding. You're not stupid. I don't know why I'm being so confrontational. Love you guys. Anyway, um, but we're talking about visions today. Do we want to jump on in, boys? Yeah. I do, yeah. So this, this season, we are out of only japanese studios no longer it's from japan now we are 
we are all over the world, although one of them is also still from Japan. Um, one could call us Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Claudia has two jokes, and that is Pitbull or florals for spring. Ground okay, and you know what? And you know, I will be giggling. I will be giggling is the problem. You know, Don't come for her. And you know During what? During Chilean and, Pride Month? Yeah, during Chilean Pride Month. And also, against Pitbull? Latinophobia? Wow. It says a lot about society if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. On the record, I am a hashtag ally. Pitbull, I'm sorry. I have to make my public apology to Pitbull. He's really, he's a fan of this podcast and I've heard his feelings. Okay, the irony here is that we, oh, the first short is from Spain. Boo! This first episode was really cool. Um, I think it definitely clears my like top three of the series. I knew it would when they released like the little clips of each of them, like just because I saw the art style and I was like, that's really beautiful. But like, it also had a plot that I enjoyed. I, the biggest complaint I'm going to have about Vision season two is that basically all the episodes I was like, okay, and so now I need I need the book. I need the I need the rest. I, I want to see more of this. And so and especially with that first one, I was like, just like the richness of the universe that they developed in such a short amount of time was so cool. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, it was funny because after Vision Season 1, the only one that I was really like, ooh, I would love to see an adaptation of this, and I already, like, knew it was coming, was was the duel, which we got Ronin from that. But, like, man, any one of these, I would love to see an extended story of. I'm, like, I also feel like, I feel like the shorts this season were a lot more like self-contained than they were last season. Like I liked a lot of last season, but it felt like a lot of pilots. Whereas this felt like shorts, which I really was a big fan of. Yeah. I like that too, because you can feel like, I don't know. I felt dropped into a, a new sort of like story and world in each one, but like in a, in a good way, I would like, they gave you just enough exposition to sort of feel like, you had an idea of how the world worked and then they used that for really incredible ways. The visuals in this first episode were off the fucking rails. Um, like I really couldn't take my eyes off the screen for even a second. Cause every single shot was beautiful. Um, one thing that's cool across all of these shorts is that they have one of two themes. And this first one was this first theme, which is I've waited all my life to put my little Sith Lord OC on the screen I've been waiting for this, and they did. And and then they had kind of a, a Darth Bane-esque character. Um, I don't know the Old Republic that well. They did a lot in the in the Old Republic era, and you could tell that people who are very big Star Wars fans made these, and I would say that about season one as well. And every short had one of two things. Here is my Sith Lord OC. I can finally put them on the screen. Oh, my God. And also, did you know imperialism is bad? And here's the thing. That is what Star Wars is about. Star Wars is literally about, have you seen my little fucking guy who looks cool as shit? And also, did you know imperialism is bad? And that's why Star Wars Visions always clears, because that's what Star Wars is about. It, the vi- the Simply the vibes, and imperialism is bad. And also, it's cool to talk about this, and especially the animation, after seeing it across the Spider-Verse, because, wow, we really live in a time for animation. Anyway. 
I will say there's another subgenre that we're missing out on, and this is something I don't feel like we get. We get sometimes in Star Wars proper, um, but something else is. Look at this slay little girl. That's a very so big true. part of this. It was like every almost everyone had a slay little girl character in it who was just serving. Who was like everyone was like we're obsessed with you. You're either force sensitive or even if you're not, you're still serving. You're still driving the plot. I was just there's obsessed a, with that. There's a couple in season one, like that's like the Ninth Jedi. There's a couple. That's in true. One yeah, as well. And I, I feel the impact Studio Ghibli and its consequences. <laughs> but yeah, actually, yeah. How many Star Wars do we have? Where there's well, there's one, but <laughs> we don't talk about about Solo. It doesn't matter anymore. Okay. Okay, I don't know why I said that, because also the original look at this slay little girl in Star Wars is Ahsoka. Like, literally. Dave Filoni went, would you like to see my slay little girl, who is definitely not based off of San from Princess Mononoke, and then made it all of Star Wars about her. And then all of the... And now she's in every single promo shot going like... <laughs> Noah has crossed Crossing his her arms. arms. <laughs> with her blue-ass eyes. <laughs> Please give her brown contacts. I'm literally shaking. <laughs> but, but like, but yeah, I I did realize like the Clone Wars also like the people now making these shorts, whatever. Like the Clone Wars has, we've said it before about like the millennial audiences who are now adults, whatever. Like they grew up with the Clone Wars, and that is their Star Wars. That is also the people making these shorts. A lot of, I mean, there's some people that are older and they also grew up with the movies, whatever. But like the impact of the Clone Wars and also of the Old Republic, as I said before. A big deal. Every little girl is influenced by Ahsoka Tano coming off that fucking cruiser in that Clone Wars movie. Anyway. No, I really like this episode. Um, I like the characters. I really, really, really enjoyed um, the little droid whose name I can't remember. I'm so sorry to the little droid, but like I, he was so slayful. And just like, I don't know, the way that the colors were so dynamic and moved. And also the main character of this she served current. That is a 9.9 on the Motherquake scale. Like, she gave. I write notes. I have notes that I've written down on my phone for every episode of this show that I took whilst watching. Um, And I did the two things that I wrote. Are, the lighting effects are really cool, which you were just talking about. But I also just wrote Mommy. So, love that for me. Um, milf yeah no i mean and here's the thing i don't like she just she was serving so hard she was i also love that she's like i'm an artist and i it's very much giving like how in the high republic they talk a lot about how the jedi see the force and like her talking about how not talking about it but her like sort of showing her interactions with the force as being paint and as being very color oriented i thought that was really really cool it was giving rupert natani so it was really slay but i thought that was really a really interesting way of doing it in a way that we have not seen expressed in um visual media before for star wars so i like the i like the idea of sort of elaborating on that and visualizing the force in unique ways I mean, I think that's why, like, I, I always say, like, Star Wars visions and the High Republic the, are inherent slays because, like, there's so many people who are like, oh, I'm tired of Jedi stories, whatever. I'm like, but they make the Jedi stories interesting. They Like, they make the Jedi stories still be interesting. And, like, 
different and and whatever and like the fact that all these creatives came to the same conclusion of like how did different jedi experience the force and how can that be in a visual medium and the best and the best way to portray that is through animation fucking phenomenal also we said uh, a lot of these are about like oh wow a slay little girl but this one she's an older woman she's uh and she's like i mean we don't know how old she is also her name is lola which i looked up on the wiki um but like she's she's not a young spring chicken or whatever and she's like been through some shit and it is kind of about her like addressing past traumas or that kind of thing and it's very refreshing when it's not like a character in their 20s or a child um or I know like we've said that about an old man yeah this is a, a story that's often reserved for either men a la luke skywalker um in the last jedi but it's reserved for older men or people in their the very beginning of their lives in the first quarter of life so it is really nice to see an older character an older woman getting that that treatment yeah i like that a lot frights real i also like yeah like ollie was talking about like the way that like the force actually does like color how she sees the world like it changes like at the end when she's like oh slayful you know i don't have to be adherent to the teachings of the dark side i can just sort of slay my way through it like the way that like the palette actually like shifted and the whole color scheme of like even space, not just rooms, like actually changed was so cool. I also her lightsaber, mega contrast. Okay, more of you need to be doing it like her because yeah, that was just really good. Another thing is there were several, several of these shorts deal with the Sith in interesting ways. And again, that, some of that comes with the old Republic or whatever. And like, how does one come back from evil and all that kind of stuff? Or how does one go to evil or that kind of thing? Um, and her story is one of her, like, of her being like, you know, this is, this is the last stop on my path towards redemption. And it's, or, and, and it's, that's a thing we talk about so much of, of like in Star Wars where they're like, I did one good thing at the end of my life and then I died. But this is very much, this is the opposite of that, where it's just like, I, I got my, I got myself back onto the side of good. And now this is the last thing I have to do before I can, you know, before I can move forward. Um, and like, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting twist on the same themes of Star Wars of like, you know, you can always come back to the light um, that I just think. They get it. They fuck every one of these. They fucking get it. Yeah, it, it honestly, I won't lie. First of all, this one actually was probably my least favorite of the the episodes. Um, which is not to say that I like hated it or anything. I think I just connected with some of the other episodes more. Um, but that being said, I did think that it was kind of interesting. It just kind of reminded me of in Master and Apprentice when Qui-Gon talks about how choosing choosing the light is like it's choosing it over and over again and that kind of like where it's like yeah even though dark darkness tempts you and it exists like you you can't pretend like it doesn't um it's about choosing good choosing the light and I I liked that that is my one of my favorite Star Wars quotes in general that book does bang when is real Avaros gonna be in in visions vision season three real avaros short when real also wait we need that Mm -hmm. also r.i.p to elzar man he could never be lola 
period. I mean, I don't know if their, their tragedies are quite the no. same, but not to Elzer a man literally couldn't be a Costco worker. Like he's can't accomplish jack or <laughs> shit. No, oh no, no. God. Don't disrespect the Costco employees. They are doing more for society than Elzer man ever has. That's no, that's what I mean. Like he's there's no I, I firmly believe if you were like Elzer man, can you sweep this closet? He'd be like, Absolutely not. I can't take care of that. He can I'm sorry. I've been thinking about that man recently. Flop, flop supreme. Elzer man slender aside, um, do we want to move on to the second episode of the season, or do we have more to say about yeah. this one? So, okay, this one was Creatures Reach. I'm not quite confident yet to rank a favorite, but I do think that this is definitely up there. Um, this was animated by the same studio that did Wolf Walkers, and if y'all haven't watched Wolf Walkers, you should watch Wolf Walkers. It's a really good movie. Um, but I, I like... I really enjoyed this one because one thing about me, I love a little bit of a horror vibe. I love a fucked up cave. I'm a big fan of a journey across like cloud covered planes and whatnot. I really like, I love that, but also just like the style of animation and the style of the drawings felt so much like a storybook, which I was obsessed with. And the way that everything like moved it. Yeah. Also the ending, I was, I was actually quite shook. Like I was so it was so cool. I was like, oh, babe, this is not good for you. <laughs> like, this is bad. You cannot go with that weird-looking angel lady. But also, you know, go live out your, like, evil cave-dwelling Sith Lord fantasy. I'm here for that. Uh, One thing I thought was cool, like, because you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I- I'm neurodivergent pattern recognition. Usually I can tell when there's a twist, and I-, I did not catch that. I was like, oh, I was gagged by the end. But when you watch it again or you look back on it one thing that i noticed was that like instead of her saying things like oh like the force will be with me or like any sort of like terminology about light she keeps saying to herself like uh give me strength and i and, and stuff involving like strength or whatever blah, when holding a thing and i did realize that that is a part of the sith code um and i was like oh oh wow it was it was there the clues they were all there the whole time anyway it was there the whole time um and it was it was it was it was chilling um one could argue it's it's a similar like it's it's almost like what maul's story would have been because we don't we don't see when maul gets like taken in by palpatine basically (laughs) um but basically it's like kind of that because he has a world that isn't doing so hot but um but yeah, I mean, a little bit. I kind of see what you're saying. I think it's it, it, it's like a disenfranchised child doing something for themselves, you know? Um, and, and that was something that I was thinking about a lot after watching the, the short because I also was... I, it wasn't that I was entirely surprised because honestly, the entire kind of premise is she's like, I'm going to fucking go. Y'all can come if you want to, but, like, this is my kind of thing. Um, so I had a feeling that there was going to be some type of fucked up situation <laughs> situation arising. Um, uh, and, yeah, I think it's that is exactly how the dark side works, of, like, finding someone who is disenfranchised and exploiting that telling them this is how you'll have agency and power um if you only care about yourself um which is it's not 
entirely everything that happened in this short because I don't think that's that's true but like there's just a vibe of like almost like hopelessness near the end of like god this is brutal this this little girl is going off with with jean jacket into heaven or whatever and like it's not gonna be good it's gonna be quite bad actually yeah no I agree 100% and I think that this was something that was really important too is that this short sets up the world very very quickly and it doesn't need to explain like oh why are they working in the factory why are they doing blah 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 like you don't need that it gives you exactly what you need to know and it establishes these characters these her three friends very very quickly and it gives them a lot of character and gives them a lot of like um like dialogue and a lot of uh a, a, a very specific dynamics between each of them you can tell it was very thought out so even if their backstories aren't on the page it's clear that they have them um and i think that her connection with her friends and them being like girly pop what are you doing what are we doing like that was really powerful in establishing how fucked up this situation is and how hopeless this world is um that on that note i will also say fuck baby yoda capitalism where the fuck is baby kina capitalism because she is fucking adorable i'm obsessed with her i will say like i don't know one thing i found interesting about this episode and about like their friendship dynamics and the whole hopelessness thing is is i feel like sort of a if i had to find like a through line between in this season of visions i think a lot of it wanted to focus on like what our communities can do for each other and like where you find that strength and what you do with it and what I found fascinating about this episode is, like, her friends are all trying to be, like, we'll go together. Like, you know, we'll go. Like, one of her friends is, like, I'll kick that ghost in the ass or whatever, like, if it hurts you. Because, like, they're trying to be, like, look, I get that our lives are shitty, but, like, we can have, like, a relationship. We can ha- be friends or whatever. And the alternative to that is what, I think her name is Doll. I believe I'm right about that. Yeah. Um, what Doll ends up doing is, like, the opposite of like rejecting community rejecting in another story that would be the point where she was like wait the power of friendship but because this is not one of those she's like absolutely not i'm gonna go off into the sky with this fucked up looking sith lady also side note visually i love how that ship coming down like the clouds parted there was like a sort of like sunlight angelic vibe to it which totally looks like I don't know. It cemented the weird scariness at the end of this being like, this looks like a good thing, but it's very much not like spoilers for Nope, but (laughs) in a similar fashion to the concept of like, Oh, we're making contact. We're going up. We're, you know, we're going to go talk to the aliens in the sky. And it's like, you're actually being devoured. It's like, this is not freedom. This is actually worse. (laughs) It's very much giving dramatic irony in the way that because we as star Wars viewers know how to identify a Sith and how to identify a dark side user. Like we were able to see that and see what was going on and immediately be like, Oh fuck, this is not good. But the characters in the narrative don't know that. And doll, despite the fact that she is showing, um, you know, dark side traits that she is clearly leaning that way. It's almost, it's, it's entirely possible. And most certainly the likely, you know, likely outcome is that she does not, realize what she is doing and it makes it all the more tragic because 
you know, she's probably, she's going because again, she feels hopeless. She feels disenfranchised. She is searching for a way to regain control, not realizing that what she is signing on for is 10 times worse. Which is a, a, something that people often misunderstand when they get into the fucking power scaling bullshit of Star Wars and whatever, is that like, that is inherently the bad part of the dark side is that it isn't the strength that you get um is is i mean yoda obi Wan. they all say it in the original movies is that like you know it, you actually are not stronger with the dark side it's a lie it's like the the dramatic irony is that we see in this that is like visually there is that it's a lie you're it's you're not actually stronger it you know eventually it's like a decay or whatever it is it's deceptive it makes you feel more powerful when you are more beholden to someone or whatever like and and that's what and it was like oh and we are and we are conveying that visually we are conveying the lie visually and one could say that that is a metaphor for imperialism and that the whole time <laughs> oh anyways for y'all um that that is something also i really liked about this this short was that a it felt like it felt like a ghost story almost it felt like a cautionary tale almost um something that like i feel like young padawans in the creche 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 hear about crash i think it's crash it's french who gives a fuck (laughs) yeah i wish french people were real We'll talk about that later. Um, anyways, um, if maybe had that French kind people, of... maybe French people popped off this one time. Anyway, sorry, what were you gonna say? <laughs> it's okay. Um, but it had like a cautionary tale vibe, and once again, not to bring up this as like a. It's just because I listened to a bunch of it today. It did feel kind of almost like a Magnus Archive statement of like, <laughs> of, of like it's like, oh my gosh, I went all outside and did this fun little thing with my friend. And then she like disappeared into heaven with this scary woman with yellow eyes. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this. It, um, it's, I'm thinking about a couple things. I can't say what. Yeah, Mel is... But I'm thinking about a couple things. Mel is, Mel is actively listening to the Magnus Archive, so we're not trying to spoil it for them. But I know, Noah, I think we are on the same exact... We're on the same... Yeah, we're on, yeah, we're on, mm-hmm. we're on the same page. Yeah, we're on the same it's... Page. Mm-hmm. It very much did feel like a statement to be... I, but, like, I don't know. The ghost story, like, vibe of it, I really, I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was so fun. I just, yeah... This one I like this one a lot. Also, imagine a be- imagine wanting to go to a place called Screechers Reach. What a badass name for some evil cave! I'd hang out there. The other piece is that we were saying it's a ghost story, but also it's a traditional fairy story where the fae are scary. The fae are like this thing that you that are in the woods that will take your child, and they took that and they made a Star Wars story out of it. Wait, you're so. so right. I didn't even think about it from that perspective. This is what I love about visions too, is that especially this season, but you can see them like the studios pulling parts of their culture and pulling historical experiences and folk tales and that kind of stuff from their culture to make a story that is unique yet touches on the basic human experiences that star wars is based on dang i love this visions is reminding me that i love star wars <laughs> no and I, I feel like we said that about the last season whatever but i'm like i and i feel like we said this about andor too where it was like god damn maybe i do like scar wars shit <laughs> scar wars 
that what you said? That's Anakin after he gets all fucked up on Mustafar. <laughs> oh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say that that's the that's the the series that um for some backstory um the executive at Disney who is in charge of all the Disney live action remakes did a recent interview with the New York Times and he said this absolutely out of pocket quote where he was like yeah we're really thinking of expanding the Lion King out into something as big as Star Wars. <laughs> what <laughs> no i claudia you tweeted about it like eight times because it was so bad shit i read it it was when we made like the live action lion king movie we thought maybe this was like the new star wars and it could have the same reach and magnitude i'm like where's the fucking high republic of the lion king what no, is the andor because... of the lion king what the fuck are We're... you talking about i'm just gonna say well i was about to be like they're not like who's gonna cosplay what and then i was like the furries have it taken care of i don't know why i bought it like, like, like it's like the, the Lion Wars Rebels, like Disney, the, no, because imagine the, we have to add a section of Disneyland that's like this is Galaxy's Edge and this is the fursuit convention where you can hang out and crawl around on the floor like an animal. <laughs> Noah, hey Noah, Animal Kingdom. <laughs> did you guys? I was speaking of Animal Kingdom. Did you guys see any of the clips of Ubisoft's um, fucking Avatar game? Yeah, it looks like shit. It looks <laughs> so, so funny. It looks so bad, but also because like you too can ride on horse or perhaps even fly, and I'm like, okay, so this is fully just like an Assassin's Creed game that you've modded to look like the characters from Avatar. Also, why would I want to do that? What I can't deal with too is like something. I, I'm sorry. No, this is not about visions, but something that I love about the Avatar quote unquote franchise is that. Disney, when they originally started to produce them, was like, this is our next, like, this is our next big thing. This is going to change cinema and, like, everything forever. And then it was really popular when it came out, and then nobody talked about it for, like, 10 years. And now they released another one, and then no one's going to talk about it for, like, 10 years. Why can you go to Avatar Land? What is... Who is going to go to Avatar Land? Noah, I have some terrible news in that that was true for like the first, I don't know, five to seven years. And then they made the part and then they like started to have some Avatar fans. And then the new movie came out and I was like, oh, there's people who care about this. And then one thing that I love to do is check uh, the fandom metrics blog on Tumblr every week because they come out both the year and every week they come out with things and they come out with like the top TV shows, the top ships, the top you know musical acts like all this kind of stuff they have in very interesting data and as we know like tumblr is not the majority of consumers but it does power behind the internet and especially powers like fandom and there's always been this joke about avatar blue people avatar that like it isn't actually culturally relevant because there's not a lot of fan fiction horrible news suddenly after the second movie avatar way of the water has been on the tumblr movie charts and the original avatar for months now and also, when you go on TikTok, like, I follow a bunch of, like, fan artists and, and whatever. They, like, draw Avatar fan art or whatever. It's, like, very mainstream now. And I'm like, hey, can we stop? This is my hell. No, no, this, is, like, this is hell. Stop. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. We're hell. Can we look, at the, not we look at the all-white cast except for Zoe Saldana? Like, what are we doing? No, not yeah. the neocolonialism. It's... Guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so we have to it's in so order bad. in order to get people to understand racism, we need to make the people experiencing the racism the racism blue cat girls. 
Is that helping? Is that doing anything? <laughs> okay, is that but anything? no, 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 no. Because I keep on thinking about the next movie that's supposed to be lined up for this franchise and how they're the fire people and how they're evil and dark. I can't stop thinking we about are, that. We are so fucking over. We are so fucking over. No, because... J.L. Cameron and Andrew Lloyd Webber would write an amazing story together. <laughs> no, hey, hey, Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. Don't say I that. need you, Ollie, don't say that. Because here's the thing. Andrew Lloyd Webber is about to be unemployed big time yeah, because for of, a while. Yeah, and cancel culture is really is really getting his ass. Bad Cinderella? You're going to bat for bad Cinderella? No, I'm not. No, listen, I'm a big Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> fan, but important note, I also fucking hate Andrew Lloyd Webber, so let's put that out there. You should be bold. Mm-hmm. It's 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 much like being a fan of Supernatural if you think about it. No, because honestly, at least Supernatural. Ha- <laughs> no, because you know what? It's very similar. Actually, I would say no, because Jared Padalecki in an ALW uh, joint. That's what I'm talking about. That's Fuck the I'm Jesus talking. show coming to see. Fuck the Jesus. Yeah, Noah. Did you know that there's a <laughs> Noah? Did you know that there the CW canceled the Winchesters, right? Um, but they did pick up a three seasons of a show about Jesus Christ, like a drama about his life. Wait, who is playing you, Christ? Wait, hold on. Do you want to know some of fun facts I know about this about the Chosen? It's called the show. It's so, called the it's, Chosen. It's called number one. It's called the Chosen. Number two, it's not that the CW is producing it. It already. It, it's it was like crowdfunded and 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 already extremely popular because it has aired basically uh, online and on their special app whatever it's already an extremely popular franchise online that they're basically broadcasting on broadcast oh no it is a franchise i looked the no 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 hold on believe hold you. on I believe it, you i'm just like is this it has graphic novel adaptation in this do you think that if we if we gaslight enough people we can trick them into thinking it's part of the supernatural universe like this is part of the supernatural it's, canon no. And well, I and here's the thing. About this, though, but but so you're saying that there are now graphic novels of okay. Jesus Christ's exploits. <laughs> well, there are the the real and true adventures there of Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> Noah, I've got I've got okay. great news. <laughs> Noah, Noah. Okay, wait. If only that, there was, so when the deadline was a novelization, when the deadline, <laughs> when the deadline article came out about this, everyone was talking about this one paragraph where. The CW's president said, The Chosen is based on the biggest IP of all time. <laughs> and Well, they're not wrong. And okay, and here's, I, and here's And the thing. worst fandom. Here's it. And the word true. And imagine, imagine picking up a fandom worse than supernatural. Yeah, worse than the CW fan. <laughs> oh, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It began as a crowdsourcing project on the Angel Studios app and turned into a global hit with over 110 million viewers in 175 countries with plans to make it available in 600 languages. The series has generated 6.5 million followers across social media, made $35 million at box office and special event theatrical releases, and has spawned an apparel line, best-selling books, DVDs, and best-selling books? novels. Is, is, <laughs> fucking, is Colleen Hoover writing them? Like, what? <laughs> it ends with cross (laughs) it ends with christ wait so um and and but the end of that paragraph in the deadline article is just jesus sells (laughs) which isn't wrong i also okay hold on apparel line are we going to bring back the cloth tunic are we wait 
Here's the other. Here's the other piece. They're still Me making seasons. The graphic novelization of the stages of the is cross. Yeah, it is. It is. It is white Jesus. And all, here's the other piece of it. They are. They are. They are always embroiled in controversy because Christianity ever, generally. Well, does. well, because it's made by evangelicals. But it's made in Utah, so there's always, like, there's always rumors going around of people being like, oh, Mormons make this. And then they keep having to go on social media and be like, no, Mormons do not make this. We're evangelicals because the Mormons and the, and the evangelicals don't get along. However, they, they, they film and produce it in Utah, so you know everybody working on it is fucking Mormon. Oh, so then they keep getting questions about, are you going to cover the Book of Mormon when you get to that part of Jesus' story or not? The girls are beeping in the story. <laughs> well, yeah, the I mean, part the... where he gets brought in a boat to Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> I watched the Book of Mormon musical. I know. <laughs> what you've got to watch are the are the self produced Mormon uh, introductory cartoons from the from a long while um, ago. Those are actually what you, if you, if you what you need to their origin of the universe. What you need to watch is um my family's Christmas uh, movie. Of um, <laughs> of the birth of Jesus Christ. It takes place in the um, same cinematic universe. One could could one argue that every adaptation of Christianity, The Chosen, Mel's family's film, and Supernatural, they all exist in a multiverse. <laughs> it's, it's into the <laughs> multiverse of madness. Wait, no, multiverse it's, of madness. No, Christianity. It's, it's ac- across the Christverse. <laughs> across the Christoverse. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Okay, no, because I'm imagining I need like the eight. I need there to be angels. I need the angel Gabriel to be in this Jesus show, so him and Richard Spade Jr. can have mad beef. <laughs> Is the Virgin Mary the in, the original mother? It, I what mean, to, say? to Christians, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw a tweet today that was like. You guys can't rush me I'm, as a woman who's choosing what I want to eat. The last woman who knew what she wanted for dinner was Eve, and she was punished for that severely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think Good Omens takes place in this universe as well? Okay, wait. I have a follow-up it, question. Will they be releasing the prequel series to The Chosen? Because I need to know. I just That's supernatural. That's not a prequel. Shut the f- That's a sequel. I know. No, that's the Winchesters. Okay, prequel. I want to be clear. I want to be clear. You just said that the Winchesters is a prequel. <laughs> the Winchesters that takes to the birth that takes of like Christ. Like nineteen seventy one. Sorry, sorry. I'm very stupid. Nineteen seventy one BC. You'll run John, John that Winchester down. is about to be like in the fucking in the fucking uh, manger, being like, oh, okay. Um, so uh, a push, I guess. <laughs> Wait, I so just... Noah, Noah, are you saying that Prince of Egypt is a part of the the Christ verse? Please do not bring my people into whatever the fuck mess this is supposed to be. I is, wait, is, so, wait, 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 wait. Is Cars also then considered part of this universe yeah, because yes, of the Pope Mobile? Yes, it is because they have yeah. Because well, they also Which... yeah, they had a car Pope. They also had so a car nine eleven. Okay, if we're saying any Christian media, then that also Al Qaeda, like Al Qaeda. Also... It also includes Veggie Tales, like what? Also, Wait, any piece yeah, of media that talks about God in any way, shape, or form, even perhaps a message guys, of wait. someone saying "Oh my God!" Therefore, RuPaul's is part of the Chosen Verse. RuPaul's is part. Oh my God! Into the Chosen Verse. Hold up, <laughs> guys. If any mysterious cross-shaped portals show up behind you, do not go in. You'll be surrounded by Jesuses from a minute, and you can count. Wait, okay. Neon Ge- wait, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I think. Wait. Hold on, ne- Neon Jesus Evangelion. I love that one. 
That is an incredible show. <laughs> Get in the robot, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, because, okay. okay, technically speaking, no, 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 technically speaking, the Bible never says that Christ was never in an Ava. Like, we don't know for sure he didn't I get in the robot. I can't wait for the end of the Christ verse where biblical Jesus goes and is like, who are all these white people? <laughs> no, because also, also because if it's white Jesus, I hope it, I hope it is the Mormon version because that means you can get set. set I I want to just say this. I want to just say this. I love the okay, Mormon version this. Jews built boats and they sailed to America. And then I guess they just... Here's my question for the Mormonism, though. How did Christ get crucified in, in the United well, States? It, because was you know, the Roman came Empire back. here? No, he, he came back. It's oh, after he teleports. He, came back. he also, teleports. Okay, no, no, I no, no. That. This is after he comes also, back. Okay, also, this is the actually, epilogue. Do you think the Book of Mormon Jesus is his own discreet character? <laughs> like, is he a variant? Absolutely. I ho- wait. Sylvie Jesus Christ. Write Who? that down. Write that down. Who the- <laughs> Isn't that Who her is- name from oh. the Lazy Show? Sorry. Yeah. Who is who is the who is the Miguel O'Hara of um? The yeah, because it has to be someone who's Christ. Y'all Judas isn't. No, no, because it has to be someone. No, who's... no, he has to. Be I'm sorry, I don't know Judas that amount hate. about Christ. Uh, also, I'm so sorry to the Christians. Film? Hold on. Hey, I have a question. <laughs> Do y'all remember that film from 1999 that starred Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and um? Yes. Dogma? Yes, I know what Dogma. you're talking about. Okay. Yes. Buddy Christ is Miguel O'Hara to me. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. No, because my family's obsessed with Buddy Christ. Like my family would give each other like statues and like and like pictures of Buddy Christ. Your family is Matt Damon and Dogma coded. So are we saying that Mormon Jesus, who is the anomaly? Ooh. Is Mormonism a nexus Interesting. event? Interesting. Your canon event. What is a canon event? His canon for event Jesus? was that, like, he, he, his canon I assume getting crucified. Like, yeah, and then he went to, right, he yeah. went to fucking the you... U.S., which was not, not canon. Yeah. That, wait, yeah. But the okay, canon is biblical guys, canon. That... Guys. Guys, instead of anyone can wear the mask, it's anyone can wear <laughs> anyone the cross. Can die on the cross. Anyone, anyone can die Anyone can get crucified these days. Anyone can no, ride a because... on an ass. Real, you know what? Real. I just... It's a leap of faith. Oh my god. It... <laughs> I need to know. No, because also, are we gonna get in my in my dreams? I'll never see it, but one day, I want a Real Housewives esque show about the twelve. Hey, isn't apostles. there an anime about Jesus Christ? <laughs> Is he in it? There, are, um, there are he's several. also a character. I believe he appears in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure at one point in time. You have a stand. JoJo's um, Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, no, I I do believe that he like that's his. Hold on, hold on. Jesus Christ. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Give me one second. All right. Give me one second. I feel like he's definitely in, yeah. Jesus, he's a secondary character featured in Steel Ball Run. Oh wait, um, there's wait, there's also. Is... There's uh-huh. also Saint Young Men, which is the Japanese slice that's of life. That's what I was one talking that has about. Jesus yeah. and, and Buddha. Yeah, yeah that's you know what that I was talking about. Where Jesus and Buddha are roommates in yes. Tokyo. Anyways, I think they. I. I think. Yeah, we. The- okay, <laughs> I. I just. I just want to. I just want to confirm. Jesus Christ does have a stand. Um, it's called Jesus's Corpse Parts. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Do we want to? Wait, oh, wait, does Jesus it? exist in Kingdom Hearts? I don't. 
hold on. Guys, I don't want to misrepresent JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Christianity, I don't really care about, but this anime, hold on. Yeah, that, that is... Also, that's nice. really important to me to tell everyone, all of the fun, all of the Christians listening to this podcast right now, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I don't really know a lot about your guys' culture, so I feel like I'm being very insensitive to you all. Um, no, we're literally saying that any version of Jesus is valid. <laughs> Anyone Wait, can think, wear the mask. <laughs> I think I I think that his stand is called equivalent exchange, like the concept from <laughs> the Guys, no, we guys, can't you, be You will realize this. that none of this is staying in the podcast, right? <laughs> no, no, thank God. <laughs> this is too funny. I'm on a website right now that is titled Christian Faith Guide, and the article is titled "Is Jesus a JoJo from George's Bizarre Adventure?" and <laughs> It says, it says, it is commonly assumed that Jesus is a Jojo, one of the most powerful and one of the first. Uh, Jonathan, Joseph, Jotaro, Jolene are the protagonist's names. Because Jesus' name is spelled Joshua in Hebrew and English, Jesus is known as a Jojo. So that means the protagonists <laughs> of Jojo's Our Adventure are descendants of Christ. Now, as to the stand name, I'm having some trouble finding it. I guess someone inherited his stand. Lucy's Steel Stand Ticket to Ride is implied to be the stand of Jesus's complete living corpse. Okay. Um, I guess it can redirect misfortunes. He uh, should have really done convoluted. that. I mean, oh, that's, oh, wait. That's <laughs> oh, wait. He here did. we go. He died for our sins. He is, redirected the fortunes from us to him. Is okay, Jesus Christ a stand be... user? Now nah, I'm on Reddit. Okay, Hang on. Every is Jesus Christ time, a stand user? Every single time yeah. we talk about Star Wars visions, we end up talking about fucking JoJo's <laughs> Bizarre Adventure. Because last time our episode was called Jar Jar's Design. I don't. No, know. that was okay. because there's a fan fiction. I know we have to fiction. move on from Jesus Christ. I know we have to move on That's from true. Jesus Christ. But what my conclusion is is that I believe he was a stand user, and he is valid. So happy Pride Month. Anyway, let's talk about episode three. Holy Christ, we're only three in. Holy Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, guys, I just said the word Christ. Now we're going to go into the Christoverse. <laughs> you turn around, there's like Jesus, but he's wearing like a mecha suit behind you, about to summon you into a portal. Who's the. Wait, so is are we saying that Gwen Stacy is like. It's like if Mary Magdalene was Jewish and her. Un- it's Jewish? I guess, yeah. It's like if it's Mary. Jesus. Oh, we started talking about it because I brought up Avatar, and then that was talking about IP, and then that they're just talking about the Chosen. And now we're talking about if Jesus Christ was a stand user. Which the answer does appear to be yes, so watch out for that. Um, <laughs> me when I'm at church and I raise my hand, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Preacher, when are you going to talk about Jesus' stand? <laughs> no, because imagine you turn around and Christ is Dio posing behind you. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Also, That's... also because it's JoJo, he's standing like this or some shit. <laughs> some gay-ass shit. Okay, anyway, do you guys want to talk about In the Stars? I would love to talk about In the Stars. I'm going to say, as as we've established in this podcast before, as I have said on multiple occasions, I'm not really a crier. I was sobbing like a fucking baby during this episode. Like, it was crazy how, like, emotional I was. No, I really like this. I loved the, um, was this stop motion? Am I an idiot? I couldn't, it kind of looked that way. It kind of looked like claymation a bit, like the vibe. Yeah, it's uh, it's not stop motion. Uh, so they've done some interviews about this because they have they're considering it for an, uh, submitting it for an Emmy, and um, they're saying that they wanted to 
it to kind of emulate when you see the AT-ATs in Empire Strikes Back, which were with miniatures, um, and like with the hollow chest and that kind of thing. So they basically referenced real locations and then they created physical sets, like, and then they scanned them digitally and did CGI over it. So that's crazy. Yeah, that is really cool. Crazy and bonkers. Um, it, it's yeah the the quote from it is we did not want to lie and trick you into thinking it was stop motion but to use cg and tech to make the short look as handmade and analog as possible um which like bangs it looked really cool the colors really popped i loved all the scenes where they were using the paint it also like at the end when all like the handprints appear on the stone it made me emotional just because like i don't know what it is but i think about the um like the caves at lesco and stuff like that where like you have like several thousand years back of just like human beings that were like we need to put shit on walls as a commemoration of like people who were here before us that it wasn't just us like and that always makes me emotional and then combined with like the plot and also the score of this one was like really like really 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 good i really enjoyed it um so they talked a little bit about how they wanted to combine it with being like obviously the like grand orchestration of like John, like carrying back to john williams but also this it's heavily inspired by southern chilean patagonia so with like combining the two and i was like your brain your mind huge off the shit um i i, I was feeling very emotional about it i was feeling really crazy about it um for background my grandfather is, is well not is he is deceased for many years my grandfather is is was a composer a chilean composer so i was like wow this is so cool i'm having a bit of a moment right now (laughs) yeah the the music was a really standout um a standout thing about this short and i think that like the music in general in these um in uh all of these shorts was really, really good. It was something I was very impressed with. And I think, again, as I had mentioned earlier, what's really nice about drawing from other cultures and having places produce things where they are able to, you know, draw on their local myths and their local histories and, you know, their culture, you get a lot of really, really cool things. Like, again, a lot of the musical cues in this, like Claudia said, were references and were, you know, um, inspired by, you know, music from the area, which I think is really, really neat. Um, what else I really loved is, like, it's another story about, like, this really slay little girl and, like, the power of... The, I also think it's, like, the power of love between two sisters is also really powerful. No, um, literally. Because I feel like in Star Wars we have a lot of, like... there's a, there, are a, there are stories about sisters in in a lot of the books, but we don't have a lot in, like, the, the quote, like, mainline... So, like, in, like, the shows and the movies and, like, the visual media stuff, we don't have a whole lot of sister stories. I'm an only child, so I don't know why I'm talking about this. Like, I'm emotional. Like, like I have a sister. But I think that those are always really cool stories where it's just, you know, two girls, two women. I think that's so powerful. And especially, like, when you have the one who is so much older who is filling this role of, like, caretaker and obviously does not have sort of the bandwidth to do more than keep them alive. Whereas you have the younger sister who manages to be like the heart of the situation and like the heart of their little team. Um, I just thought that was really cool. I loved, loved, loved their dynamic. Yeah, I will say normally I'm really not a fan of the like 
child who refuses to follow rules for survival gets the characters into a predicament of some kind that they then have to escape formula of storytelling it often drives me up a wall because i'm not a patient person and that's one of my my flaws however um something i loved about this was like you could really feel that the tension between the two of them was like you were saying like just because the older sister does not is like is adrift she's like my mom has died all of our people are gone i don't know what the hell i'm going to be doing about this and so she's just trying to like do what she can. And the fact that in the end, what sort of saves them both is the hope in each other. Yeah, that got to me. Like, I'll be honest, like that, that made me emotional. I was like, okay, it was just, yeah, it was really cool to see that dynamic explored. Also like in such a short amount of time, because I feel like a lot of other pieces of media will take a season and not accomplish that like level of emotional dynamic. And Visions is like, let me do that in about 20 minutes. I got you covered. I feel like the closest we ever get to that kind of relationship in Star Wars would probably be between maybe like Sabine and Hera, but that's pretty much all I could really think. I mean, yeah. on screen, I should say. On yeah, screen, not I agree. The and they don't even like they it's not that Sabine and Hera don't have a lot of time together, but they don't have a lot of episodes that are like this is there's like one real like Sabine and Hera episode. Yeah. So it's nice to see like I, like I just think that. And a lot of the stories we get about, like, sisters that are on screen or two women who have a strong relationship, it all hinges on a man that they have, that they know, or, like, someone else they know. Like, with the Martez sisters, you get it a little bit, but so much of that story is about Ahsoka. It's not about them. Yeah. Um, but, like, a lot of the relationships between two women hinges on someone else being there also, which is, like, not bad necessarily, but it's really nice to see it highlighted here. It does. Uh, it also reminds me a bit of the setup for Lilo and Stitch a little bit, where you have the sister who is like has to do. She's also young and she's a kid, sort of herself, and she has to handle with with the with the young kid. Um, in a and having like, to deal uh, with the state trying to fuck up their shit. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Also, I did not realize that. Um. The. Uh, I knew some of the other work that this studio has done. I did not realize that the director of the short um, was the Oscar winner for the short, I believe. I don't know if it was last year or the year before for Bear Story. I was like, oh, okay, slayful. Um, the uh, one thing that was really cool that I read in some interviews, whatever, was that they, like, they purposely put like current issues of Chilean politics in there which are like it's not just that we're fighting imperialism but also that like it's specifically about like access to water um and other things um the issues of um the nationalization or not of certain resources in Chile is a bit of a problem one could say anyways Richard Nixon anyway um (laughs) No, but I do like that this season in general of Visions really did not shy away from the, like, Star Wars is inherently political. And in fact, not only did it not shy away from it, it dove headfirst into it and got into things that are not only, like, political, but very controversial and framed them in a way that's like, how is this something that's controversial? Like, the only way that this is controversial is if you are going at it from the perspective of the state and not of the people. Like, if you are looking at it purely from, like, a like a capitalistic or from an imperialist standpoint, then, yeah, it can be a little controversial. But, like, it is so clear. They make it, it is so black and white who is right and who is wrong here. There is no room for debate about it. It is, like, these are the 
people native to this area and their resources are being taken away by the imperialist government. So maybe we need to kind of figure out if you're if you're having a problem with it, that's kind of on you. The the other piece of like specifically contemporary political thing here is also like there's a lot in Chilean politics and identity where people are like, we're Chilean and we don't have different things. And people are much like in the United States, people are very disrespectful and about indigenous background and of indigenous tribes and ones that are still left. And it was a big problem in the um, constitutional vote referendum that came up recently um, about like the individual rights of, of indigenous tribes and that was a very big issue currently um, and the director of this short talked about how like yeah this was based on certain struggles and a very specific genocide that happened very recently in history um, to specifically indigenous people in the in the south of Chile that like let's just say Chileans don't like to talk about that that much in some way so i i know that that doesn't go over so hot in certain places so like it to say that like yeah it gets political it, it also gets like specifically political in a way and i feel like we talked about that with andor as well like it's not just like imperialism bad like we're, we're, we are getting into it like you know how in andor when we're like yeah we're getting into the specifics of leftist discourse <laughs> like we're getting into some some specifics or we're getting into things that are are very not only relevant to current or historical things that have happened. And I feel like, um, also given the fact that star Wars was created as George Lucas being like, Hey, fuck you to Richard Nixon. I think that this is interesting anyway. Yeah, no, I liked this episode and a lot of like visions this season was quite direct about like, Hey divas, um, just to be clear about what the empire represents and, and who that represents. Like it wasn't subtle. Which I really, really appreciated. I was like, I, I am happy that we don't really dabble in subtlety, especially in stories like this. I also loved the ending of this one. Like, it was genuinely beautiful, and it was so well, like, animated and shot. I, yeah. I really could talk about that for a while, but. It is interesting. Like, this came out far before Across the Spider-Verse. Um, but it is interesting how, like, in just having seen Across the Spider-Verse, it's very like similar in that like across the spider-verse is very unapologetic and very specific both in its cultural representation and also in the narratives that it wants to to speak about and in the cultural issues that it wants to speak about in ways that like some people have felt uncomfortable with and like in the ways that it is speaking to the audience whatever um and combining that with absolutely off the shits animation like in all of these shorts not just this one but but all of them um i'm like yeah and who's doing it like like animation? Who is? Who's doing it like them? Who's like and and yeah, we're we're gonna get into it. But also, it's gonna look so fucking crazy. Some animator is gonna have worked blood, sweat, and tears to have made this. I want to talk about too in this short that like final like fight sort of moment where it was the sisters versus the um like the imperial person. That was fucking chilling. Like, it was crazy. Like, you really did have a sense. And it's like, okay, it's a Star Wars. You know they're not going to be like, actually, we're going to let the Empire win. But it was like, it was really one of those moments where I was like, oh, man, like, I'm on the edge of my seat. And when they, like, stood together and were like, actually, fuck you. We're going to flood this place. I was, like, cheering. I was standing up. I was screaming. It was just so fun. And I also loved, like, I don't know 
but it felt very Attack of the Clonesy when they were going through that warehouse or yes. like the, the the water processing plant where yeah. they were like the buckets and they were like jumping back and forth. I was like, okay, okay, it's really giving Star Wars in the best way. Yeah, I, I loved. I really loved this short a lot, um, and I think it's one of those things where like it just was so both visually stunning and then the story was also just like deeply impactful and as someone who knows a little bit about Chilean politics and history but not a whole lot I I was able to enjoy it as like a Star Wars narrative but it is very clear that it was not just not just that you know um and I I also just liked kind of the overall vibe of like I don't know. There was just something very touching to me about uh, a mother trying to protect her children and then her children doing that same work and honoring her and all of their ancestors. And like that just was really like, I don't know, powerful. Um, I, sorry, I just got chicken skin talking about that. Um, it, it just, I don't know. It was just so, so beautiful. And the more I think about it, the more I want to cry. And I'm like, oh, my God. OK, anyways, we have to be better. It was very cool how they chose to visually represent that. Um, I also think very cool on all of these shorts, but especially in this one of like, that is one, one way that like, because this is Star Wars, that is one way that like, that people have a connection with the force, even if they are not force users or force sensitive themselves and how it like is in their culture or is a part of their like, that kind of thing is like, oh, that's really interesting world building. It's meaningful or it's it's this kind of thing. And, like, I, we've seen, obviously, we've seen stuff like that in the Clone Wars. Like, we see how that with the Night Sisters and stuff like that. And especially with Marin and her and her her relationship with the Force and that kind of thing. Even though she is a Force user, so it's different. Um, but I just, I found that meaningful where it's like, oh, like, and I think that's a, an interesting part of the High Republic always is, like, when we integrate the Force into how does a how does a culture remember its ancestors how does a culture remember its struggles or that kind of thing whatever i was like oh like you get it you under you understand it you understand world building and meaning hmm i know uh, so i love getting to see like the the, what i think visions gets is that that i think mainline star wars like canon does not get a lot of because there are very specific ways that the force is interpreted um and there are very like specific ways that the force exists in the universe already like there's religious orders that exist so it can be hard to play in the space of making a unique relationship to the force in a unique way that the force works and i have loved that visions has been expanding on that and saying like you know the force might not necessarily be a thing that you're sensitive to the force is a cultural thing or the force is uh, just an aspect of the universe and i'm like it's just really cool to see that get to be explored because it's a really really interesting like when you look at it from its bare essentials you know there are a lot of fantasy pieces of media and a lot of fantasy sci-fi that has the idea of like an overarching power that exists within and around everything so I, I really love getting to see an interpretation of it that is familiar and comfortable but also so unique so I really like that about this short as well and it, this this was this was my favorite short but maybe that's because I'm biased so <laughs> do we wanna do we wanna talk about I Am Your Mother from Ardman? Oh my gosh. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Megan Trainer song. 
Okay, and here's my problem. Here's my problem. Every time that I say this title out loud or I think about it, I hear it in Megan Trainor's voice, like I'm at an Old Navy and I can't leave. Anyway, I... No, no, that's how I felt. Sorry. I know, because I just keep reading it in her fucking horrid-ass voice, and then I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm trapped in a Neiman Marcus and they won't let me out. Like, that's how I feel. Oh god. But that's how, I mean, that's not what this is about. I love, can I just say... I love that Wedge Antilles was here. I, it was like he is British what? people's Joker. Like <laughs> they were like, we gotta have our guy. Is Wedge he, Antilles really like? Is he like a British icon? Do they love him over there? Well, I mean, he's he kinda, is British. He, well, he's like their little gupshito. Yeah, I love that because he's because all the other British people are all in the Empire, so you can't really root for them. <laughs> <laughs> they're like finally it's, it's just him and Stellan Geos and fucking Tay Sarek those are the only ones we had now, the only now. positive British representation in Star Wars <laughs> and Stellan Geos that just depends on if you believe the jokes that were made on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I love this I also love we got Harrison Dula was also there in a poster in the background that was so exciting um I also love like I love that this was just like a very I don't want to say it was low stakes because it wasn't but like it like it had high emotional stakes but the fact that it was just like we're just getting to have fun in this universe and from a studio like like Ardman it's like okay yeah that's exactly what I would expect from them something very fun that has a very um heartfelt message I I just adored it I loved the visuals I thought it was so fun like it felt like you were like playing with your toys I really, I think that, like, does accurately describe how it looked. I also, like, I don't know. I liked its placement because I feel like the three before it, I was like, wow, I'm feeling, like, a lot of, like, emotions. They've got, like, some heavy themes going. And then I was like, this is a good time. Like, the vibe is good. The vibe is fun. Honestly, it felt like like you were going on star tours in a weird way. Of, like, you're like, oh, whoa, shit's getting goofy. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, we're done here. Aw, the mom and daughter they have a very strong bond now Ugh. i loved it i also loved can we talk about um i did get jump scared when they were like zed one i was like <laughs> you're you can't be serious your fucking dog's name dog droid whatever cannot be named zed one <laughs> zed i hate british people i'm just kidding if you're british and you're a listener i love you i can't say the same for our non-listeners out there <laughs> Are there a lot of Star Wars stories that are a mom and a daughter? Because there aren't a lot. At least no, on screen. there really aren't. Yeah. And even in print, like, there's just not a whole lot. It's hard to think of, like, mothers or mother figures. I know um, our friend Sage at Sage Shindula had, like, a little, compiled a little list of all of the Star Wars characters that were, like, women and had, like, like a, like, almost like a maternal figure. And, like, women who were ma- Jedi Masters who had Padawans and, like, made a list of, like, how many of them, like, died traumatically or their Padawans died. And it was just, like, it was just really lame. Because <laughs> I was like, no, dang, we literally. really need more women and we need more relationships that are, like, you know, maternal or, like, um, like a like a guide have, in a way. We have Yaddle yeah. and Sippa. Yeah, well, and, and even, what happens to them? Like they're fine. Rest- yeah, don't disrespect my good my good bitch Kippa. 
Well, no. I refuse Not to call her Sippa. I refuse Sippa? to call her Sippa. She's like Kipper the dog. I've I've got oh. one right here. And it goes <laughs> off. <laughs> right on I fear, I fear her name is Sippa. I have horrible news. I refuse. Oh, I rebuke also, it in the name of the also Lord. Also, that well, I was that was more a note about Yaddle and what happens yeah. to her. No, but I I, I mean Craig that... Dooku. It it is weird to me because I don't know. I think a lot about this because like it's known that I love a gruff a gruff dad, and we may never know why I I love the archetype of a hardened father who becomes a better person over the course of a story and then never leaves. We'll never figure out what that's about. But um, the thing that I find interesting about that trope is it's so rarely applied to women, and it is so rarely applied to mothers. Not that that's happening here, but like I just the absence of like maternal figures in in stories is very interesting to me. And I feel like a lot of the times in Star Wars as a property, a lot of times like the parental figure, especially if they're maternal in nature, like they have to be like dead or missing for the plot to move. They're like, oh, well, he can go on adventures because mom's not around anymore. And it's like, guys, you can actually just like write mother characters and they can just sort of like be there and like be fine. And then they like, they motherify people like Harrison Dula, who they're like, oh my God, she's the mom of the team. Girl, she's 26. Like... <laughs> Help! I just thought about the fucking Broad City Court where she's like, "I'm 27. When am I a child bride?" <laughs> no, literally. No, it's it really is. I love Hera, and I do think like she does play a maternal role on the team. And this is not like a comment, like a critique on that, but I do think it's funny the idea of her being like, "Yes, I am a mother to Sabine, who is maybe like six or seven years younger than me." So I feel, th- I feel that way about me and Noah sometimes. So <laughs> yeah. No, because the age difference between you two is not that far from Sabine and Hera's age difference. So <laughs> the, the Sabineification of Noah is it something. Continues. <laughs> no, but um, I loved that. I I loved how like I loved how homey this one felt too. Like how it's like this is a very real thing that a lot of kids dealt with where you're like oh my god my parents embarrassing me so fucking much and it was like it felt like a very human emotion to deal with and a very like um juvenile emotion to deal with in star wars like it's just that kind of stuff and that kind of like real experience we often get that kind of thing portrayed through like a metaphor but seeing it actually be like oh no the plot of this is that this girl is embarrassed by her mom and then her mom turns out to be like honestly a like a a 10.0 on the mother scale first of all her mother she's a MILF behavior. Anyway, her her mother is... I love how also they have, like, different body proportions for people. It's not just, like, sexy, skinny Twi'lek, and let's call it a day. Um, but also, I do believe this might be our first canonical view of a bra in Star Wars. And I did read an interview that said that that was, that was, a, um, that was a tribute to Carrie Fisher, who, when George Lucas told her there are no bras in space. Um, so... They they allowed us to see a whole bra in Star Wars and have a mom and, and have a mom be like, oh, my God, where's my bra? Because like, yeah, that that is really when you're like, mom, can you keep it together? Like, <laughs> keep the, absolutely 100 um, percent. Also, representation for dance moms, because that other bitch woman fucking and- Arinda Price's cousin <laughs> okay it really it literally was just Arinda Price and it, Arinda Arinda's Price's Arinda and- <laughs> Price's cousin Miranda Price <laughs> and her shitty little daughter 
Like, yeah, Arinda Price's cousin and, and, like, I guess niece twice removed or whatever the fuck, they pissed me off. I was like, why are you guys such haters? I'm was... sorry. I just got the idea of what the Price family reunion looks like. I feel like they all stand in a line and they just have the, like, I don't, I just... They all have I'm the sorry. same haircut. Yeah, no, like, like just, I also love the idea of, like, Price being like, this is my haircut. And then it's, like, across, like, the horrible bang. And then her cousin's like, and this is mine. It's just the bang, but in the other direction. And they're like, it's really different. You can I'm tell who's who. That's, that's like, <laughs> isn't that, like, those siblings from Legend of Korra? Don't they both have fuck-ass bangs? Don't fucking talk about them <laughs> like that. Okay, but they do, right? That's <laughs> uh, fucking, like, Esna and Desna or whatever the hell. Yeah. yeah. Have, the yeah. one voiced by Aubrey Plaza, who's like, Bolin is my sex slave now. What the fuck? Yeah, hey, remember in The Legend of Korra First when of they all, were, like... Real, but, like, second of all, what the, the hell's wrong with you? Remember The Legend of Korra when, in, like, season two, Bolin was, like... Yeah, so I'm being abused by my girlfriend, and it's very non-consensual. And everyone was like, haha, that's so funny. And he's like, actually, no, it's not funny. That's like, at all. If only, if only my brother could help me, but he's too busy being a cop. <laughs> Guys, do you think that they made this short and, like, had it all set up? And we're like, okay, and we've named it, we've submitted everything, it's all good to go. And then Megan Trainer released that fuck-ass song, and they were like, you're kidding. Studio Armin was like, Oh wow! Oh I wow! I feel like that's exactly what happened. Another this is we'll Wallace and Gromit all it. over again. <laughs> Was there you know like Megan Trainor's song about Wallace and Gromit? Yeah, that I missed? yeah, yeah. Megan Trainor's song Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> Her hit. That's how she got big. Yeah. Did she also do a song called Chicken Run? Yeah. I am your chicken, chicken, and no, I run. Can't. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> oh my god, this is a nightmare. I've strapped it in even Marcus and they won't let me leave. Do we, is there anything else you want to say about this nope. one? Nope. Hope this out. It was, wow, it, okay. Call, take, I'm sorry. It, it takes a so man sweet. to talk about a story about a bunch of women to talk about it like that. Wow. The price Bob I thought was funny. Guys, I think. I, and I'm not suggesting that we should all do it at the same time, but I think it'd be funny. I think for our first official meetup, we should all get the price haircut. Hey, I want you to know, Noah, and this is also, wait, I forgot. Hi, listeners of our podcast. For those of you who don't know, maybe you don't follow us on social media. Ollie and I got engaged this week to be wed. And the first, allegedly, Roop Helps meetup will be our engagement party. You're so, correct. <laughs> so you're saying for for correct. our engagement party for our our beautiful future marriage, mm-hmm. you want me to get them fuck ass bangs? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, Do you have I, a I'm glad you got that. Glad no you got a that. problem with a Rinda Price? No. Yes. Yes, Will you be getting those fuck ass bangs? I'll oh, try. It, I don't have a lot of hair, but I'll give them yeah, a shot. So maybe you need to grow more hair. Okay, work. It's happening right now, if you can believe. Let's talk about Journey to the Dark Head, or as I like to call it, the Try Guys Try cutting off the Dark Head. Uh, speaking Y'all know of... that Eugene vo- voiced that guy? That shit was yeah. crazy. My, my Twitter mutual Eugene. <laughs> Twitter mutuals with Eugene from the Dark yeah, Guys? Apparently, I have been um, wow. at least since before the whole Try Guys situation, or at least like right when it ha- I don't know. I, I was like, Hello? I really liked this one. I thought the plot was cool. I thought the visuals were really fun. Um, um, 
I am biased against this one because it's Studio Mirror, which does the animation for a lot of cool series, including The Legend of Korra, which we just talked about. <laughs> um, and uh, they work on a lot of like partnerships with Western animation and partnerships with anime and that kind of thing. So also, I just love the vibes of the little girl who she's not really a guardian of the wills, but she's kind of inspired by that. Love, I love the, the relationship between the two of them of like, a guardian of the wills and a Jedi. Very, I would say Vildar and Tay, but they don't have a romantic relationship like Vildar and Tay. Bro, who are definitely gay. Don't, don't compare them. No, um, one thing I liked was that Daniel Day Kim vo- voiced the villain, and now with in a post Good Doctor world, I'm just thinking about him being like, I, I am, am a, a Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> I am a Jedi Doctor Han. Did you guys see the that um that one variation of the I am a surgeon clip where they edited him to say I am a sturgeon like the fish? I think about that all the goddamn videos. He goes, I am a sturgeon. Dr. This is like <laughs> the try guys try fighting Dr. Han from the good doctor. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't love this one. I thought it was fine. Um I think it was one of, if not Jess's favorite question mark. Did they say that? I we will cut have that we out will then. have them sh- we will have them share their thoughts on social okay. media when they live Anyways. the episode. Anyways, point is, um, I I don't know. This episode was fine to me. It kind of reminded me of the Ninth Jedi, um, uh, from last season, which I also was like, it's fine. Um, I did, however, I liked two things from this episode a lot. One. I loved the idea of like the the like future telling prophesy prophecy prof prophesizing yeah prophesizing via rock I think that was very geode core very slay um I also really liked the TikTok lights up on that head of the Did you fucking the call dark them head? TikTok lights yeah that's what it looked like. You know what? Gen Z is canceled. Um, no, I'm what kidding. the fuck? That's what everybody calls them, Mima. Calm down. I know. Yeah, I think being a I bitch. Think I think that's your problem, Mima. Anyways, I... yippee. One thing I really liked too is that they were like, the Jedi were like, okay, we're gonna send this guy who's so so fucked up and so young to go do this thing. I was like, that is like a thirteen year old with the voice of Eugene from the Try Guys. Why are we sending him to do? Like, I feel like maybe can you send another friend with him? Like, I understand that it was like the forces telling you you have to do this and like it's to get personal closure. But I was like, God damn, he needs help. <laughs> like, we can't be sending him alone. Unaccompanied minored ass. Yeah, was know, he a minor? This... It was kind of hard to tell. I don't I know, but he was li- one. He was literally neurodivergent, and I, so I'm willing to bet he was also a minor. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, much like the Ninth Jedi, felt like the pilot of a longer series, which I don't hate because I was like, I'm interested. Tell me more. Oh wait, that's all of it. Shit. <laughs> um, to me, it almost felt like it was like parts of the same show, but they took clips from different episodes because they were like, well, we don't have enough time for the whole show. That was, I think, my main problem with this is I feel like it did. A, there were a lot of really cool world building things like the future with the rocks, but I feel like it didn't do a lot to build it up it was more like you just kind of have to figure out what's going on which is fine like I had just said that 
in earlier, like in Screechers Reach, I liked that it was just kind of like immersing you, but I feel like there wasn't quite enough like dialogue to build the universe for me. So I was just kind of like, okay. Sorry, Claudia, what were you going to say? I was going to say this one also falls into the category I talked about earlier of here's my fucked up little Sith Lord guy. Um, Because I do feel like this was kind of angling also towards an old Republic kind of vibe because they were like, here's this. Here's this funk. Here's this funky little. Here's this funky little uh, Sith Lord. I've been waiting to have somebody designed like this, where he just kind of has this weird whip thing. And I apologize for this reference. However, for those of you who have watched Trigon Stampede, he was really giving millions of knives. I'm just saying. I'm just saying he had the same weapon. Except if he was holding a lightsaber, and I thought that was very ass and very slay. You know what? Here's the problem. The universe in recent weeks has been targeting me. And it keeps, in the same way that they were like, this this kid is like, he has to go there because like the force needs him to develop. The universe is pigeonholing me into watching Trigun. I can't outrun it. I got a Trigun edit on my For You page yesterday. And I thought it was so goddamn cool, but I didn't want to like it. I didn't want to like it because it was a Trigon edit. And then I, but I couldn't stop because I was like, this Wait, edit can you, is really cool. Can you send it to me? I want to watch it. it. Oh, <laughs> which one was it? Um, The one with the audio from fucking Aladdin. Oh that yeah, one was, that, one, that was one was really, really cool. good. That one was really cool. Yeah. Anyway, and the problem is that, so now you're mentioning Trigon again, unsurprising. But the issue is, I think I'm running out of days to outrun it. I, just, I, I think the time is coming that I, I do actually end up watching Trigun. No, because here's a fucked up thing, Noah. I've been in that exact same fucking place, but I just haven't vocalized it. So I'm like, shit, are we about to watch, are we about to have a Trigun, Rupelp's Trigun race? I think we might be is the problem. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and then we'll never just... talk about anything else. Oh no, God. <laughs> you guys. No, because the other problem is that it keeps me the fucking blonde bitch, and I'm like, why do I kind of look like you? <laughs> Listen, if if you guys if you guys watch Trigon, I will watch Megan, okay? <laughs> what about listening to the Magnus Archives? No, I, okay, to be fair, I already wanted to listen to the Magnus Archives. Back to this short. Can someone remind me? Because I feel like it's very similar to the first short. Um, but I watched it a while ago. What was the mm-hmm. reason that he had to base the the Sith Lord guy? Like um, his master, reason? his yeah. master got killed by the guy, and the okay. master, the, not the master, the Sith guy was like, "Oh, I see that there is like an evil in you, a darkness in you. I'm gonna come. Let's sit on this. Let's put a pin in it, and I'm gonna come find your ass, and you're gonna become evil. Work, and then." fucked off and then that little boy is a child boy if you lost your mind because i'll help you find stay away from him exactly i was like you need Hmm. daniel dick him step away step away from eugene try guys get away from the sturgeon uh daniel dick him i think is also playing um fire lord ozai in the live action (laughs) avatar what airbender yeah yeah, he That's is. That's crazy. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Are there any more Mark Hamill roles that he can take? Do we think <laughs> he can play Luke Skywalker when they final when when the fanboys get their way and they finally remake <laughs> the sequel trilogy? Listen, I wouldn't be mad about him as Luke Skywalker. I think he could give. Yeah, Plus, I then we could get Kylo Ren saying, "I am a surgeon," and that'd be really <laughs> incredible. I am a surgeon, Master Luke. 
Okay, I'm sorry. When you opened that sentence up, I felt like you said it in the Clone High JFK voice for a second. I am a uh, surgeon, Dr. Han. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um. Okay, so, uh, James, I... <laughs> I don't like Halloween. It's a time for ghouls and goblins and the killer in disguise to come into your home. I, I've been aware of the killer since birth. <laughs> this episode's gonna fucking suck to edit. <laughs> Wait, okay. Um, no, um, Mac responded to our tweet and was like, thoughts on whether Jesus Judas will be the new Destiel? <laughs> Is Judas going to say that he gripped him tight and raised him from perdition? No, he, ki- he literally kind of did the opposite. <laughs> I'm the one who gripped you tight and set you there, bitch. No, literally. I'm the one because no, it's really who... fucked up. Go ahead. Gripped you loose and brought you to somewhere. Gripped you loose? <laughs> Wait a minute. New I'm Testament just, is crazy. I'm sorry, I just realized, I just realized, you know what else is canonically in the fucking, what are we calling it? Christoverse? I don't know. Um, Jesus Christ, in the in the, in the the canon of, of Catholics and of Protestants, has actually already watched this upcoming CW show. Because in the Garden Wait. of Gethsemane, he has yeah. to observe all human yes. sins, past, present, and future. And that means mm-hmm. that he's seen the whole show. Yeah, and evidently was still like crucifixion worth it. And he's listened to this podcast and decided that yeah. it was okay. <laughs> wait a minute, it's, wait. We can it's, talk about Jesus's whole all day long, and salvation is still only a prayer away. It's just like when Darth Maul looks into the fucking holocrons of fate and sees. I know like, you're not comparing Darth Maul to Jesus Christ <laughs> looking at Sonic Inflation Porn right now. He's kind of a Christ-like figure when you think about it. <laughs> Do you guys think that if? Darth Maul saw Sonic inflation porn, he would still be in the universe worth saving. I don't think Darth Maul, you could show Darth Maul like babies being born and like beautiful meadows and everything and he would still be like, no, fuck this universe, we gotta destroy it. That's real, that's real. Um, I don't have anything really more to say about this short, to be honest. Like, I thought it was cool, but not much beyond that, TBH. Honestly, it was one that I was like, I thought it was fun. I guess I kind of was like, I feel like I was trying to understand the narrative a little too much. Mm. I feel like I was trying to understand the universe a little bit too much to enjoy it, which like might just be on me. Like, I think I just needed to go into it with a different mindset, but I think all of the other ones kind of built their world very, um, very concisely. And this one left a little bit to be desired, but again, that's just my interpretation of it. I will say the animation was sick as hell. That scene at the end where they're like falling through the sky. Shout out to the tears of the kingdom. Oh, the fight scenes were cool as shit. And the fight scenes were very cool as well. Now we can talk about the next one. The next Liza one. Minnelli's the ba- the sky uh, the spy dancer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. The only reason I said Liza Minnelli is because it takes place at a cabaret, and I I'm a homosexual before I'm anything else. Um. Anyway, do you guys remember when Liza Minnelli was on Arrested Development? Yes, unfortunately. I don't, I don't want to think about Liza Minnelli right now. I want to think about The Spy Dancer, which is one of my favorites. Like, yeah, yeah. This one had everything. The animation was fucking gorgeous. 
the the character design was gorgeous it had a beautiful story about a mother and a child it had critiques about imperialism and the separation of children from their families um and it had like slay little girl bosses and it had a fun like uh new new i don't know alien species that was cunting it up it had everything and it had jean jacket ass looking dresses i was obsessed I'm just, this is one of the ones for me, this was one of my favorites for sure, but it's also one of the ones for me that I was like, I need like 80 more episodes about this mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. plot it sets up is so interesting and I love how dynamic all the characters got to be in such a short amount of time, but also like, I don't know, I loved when she was like flying through the air and thought who thought she saw the Imperial who took her child and so she like flips the fuck out and is like, I gotta kill this bitch. When she like stopped from killing him it, like midway through when she like got up onto his platform and had those like first of all those really cool like knife cuffs that she had going on and then she like stopped and was like oh shit that's not who that is like i was on the edge of my seat the entire time i was really entertained by this i thought it was such a cool concept and such like a cool location i feel like often star wars is like here's a bar or whatever but like this whole like place seemed to have like a life and history to it that i thought was really interesting to see and observe I believe this one is based on a real historical story of um, a spy in France when it was occupied by the Nazis. If Correct me if I am wrong. Um, I will look it up. Um, but the other cool thing was like, this was another one where I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't guess that twist. Because again, I think we don't have a lot of stories about mothers. Um, but also a mother and son dynamic we also don't get a lot um in star wars i would say we get we get Hera and ezra a lot and i i would say they're big they're big but like um what was i i i i believe that i got it as soon as like she went for the guy and the guy wasn't the right guy i was like oh god that that is her son whatever but before that i was like i i, I before before that i didn't and i was gagged by it um and you could tell the animators were having a great time with this because they were like, and what if we did aerial dancers? And you're like, hell yeah! And what if we did aerial da-? It's kind of like when animators are given Spider-Man and they're like, and I can do so much with this. Like, yeah. <laughs> they love that shit. No, I I was gagged. I loved the animation. I loved the, the story. When when the reveal was that he was her son, I was like, I was gagged. I my jaw dropped. I was screaming. I was throwing up. Also, I loved this little cast of like for Mary Band that she had. Um, what else I loved about it is that it's like it's a very touching and like harrowing story about a mother who lost her child and whose child was taken from her, and it's this deeply troubling thing. But she still has the support of like her community, and like she still has this almost like child figure like she's still like the mother figure to this other girl who is also like cares about her very much and it's just really cool and you know what i've just realized it is it's like leia and ben solo and ray if it was a more cohesive plot speak up because louder no i'm just saying i feel like some of the best parts of the sequel trilogy for me were leia being like damn everything is so fucked up but i'm gonna stay hopeful and like that was what this was this was a mother whose son is now in a bad way and she is 
needing to rally her community that she has to go to save him and that is such a fucking good story and it's one that i wish was like highlighted more in the sequel trilogy and it's one that like it this hit exactly what it needed to hit to make that impactful oh fuck it was just so good yeah i liked how a lot of like the focus on the story was that despite her trauma she was still like a compassionate caring person i feel like a lot of times those characters end up being like callous they have to be like reminded why they care about people but she was like no this terrible thing happened i'm still gonna try and be my best self i also like i don't know the scene where she's like oh balls this imperial is here who like stole my child away like the tone shift that happened was so cool mm-hmm. like the way like the whole vibe just changed i loved it i loved every scene of them in the air i love aerial silk shit okay i'm always gonna think that that's cool like i'm easy to please if you give me like a very impressive visual i'm gonna enjoy it um but like her with the dress and the wrist knives and just like i yeah everything was so beautifully animated but it also like the beauty of it was still a part of the story at the same time and like also that last scene where he's like on the bridge of his ship and like is looking at the little hologram of him as a baby i was like damn i need a book about you i need to know all i can about you dude like you've got so many issues she was mothering she was she mothered so absolutely hard. she graduated top of her class from conserve university she was factoring in a 9.9 mother quake on the country scale like just unparalleled this she is, is your mother well is this wait is this like the third story also about like an older woman in the star war that we have also yeah yeah because that's I mean, two of their mothers, but just, like, three so far as, like, older women. And maybe this is Star Wars Vision milfology, you know? Mm, I like. See, I like. That, I'm an advocate for. That was what was kind of not crazy to me, but, like, I really, I did enjoy this one. And I couldn't help but think while we were watching it, I was like, damn, I this was what I wish Garza Fwip had been. Of, like, mm-hmm. just, like yes a woman affected by imperialism and like being like okay this is how i i can do good is through this work because like it's not just about her like her trauma with her son but she was like actively doing spy work and like putting her life on the line to be like no all of you bitches have trackers now i'm the surveillance state i've got i've put air tags on all of your helmets not air tags there's an air tag traveling with you. Did you know that? No, because all of the stormtroopers' phones would be lighting up with that stupid fucking notification. Sorry, I had to watch a friend's house and she gave me an air tag so I wouldn't lose her keys, which I don't know what that says about how much she trusts me, but I digress. Every time you would go somewhere with an air tag that isn't registered to you, your iPhone will be like, hey, did you know there's an air tag traveling with you? And I would get that every day, basically all day, because I always have my keys with me. And I'm just and imagining- so would I. Yeah, because we would be together and you would get the things like, hey, did you, hey, dumbass, did you know there's an air tag traveling with you? <laughs> but that is why we know. No, because that's the thing. The Empire, they, because they're they're the bad guys, they're not allowed to have iPhones. They all have Androids. Oh, my God. That's a little joke about product placement. If you guys didn't know we've, that we've talked about on this show before. Also, Mel, I was going to make a joke about how we wanted Garcef Whip to be that way. Um, this was made by a French studio, and as we know, that French people in Star Wars are Twi'leks, so 
let's think on that anyway <laughs> um damn it was just I, I know, this was also another one where it was like again the cool animation was a part of the storytelling wow one could say that's a part of the artistry of animation anyway also i love how they had a very they had a very classic um star wars parental showdown but with a mother and son instead of a dad and a son um uh, wait you're so right this is so like vader and luke if vader was yeah. good <laughs> yeah it's like opposite up. it's opposite vader and luke but also it's very han solo and ben in in yeah. the Force awakens but also the key part though is that they are on very up high in a very precarious situation where they're osha violations <laughs> um and i think that's what osha violations and parental issues are what makes star wars that's what that's what makes it tick so <laughs> I will say if if I'm your mother, not to quote Megan Trainer, but if I am your mother felt like playing with toys, um, the spy dancer felt like a coloring book. Like it had it it felt very it felt so expressive in a way that I think a lot of a lot of media and especially like live action stuff like doesn't get to be. And I know that that's kind of like a silly thing to compare it to, but I feel like we don't get like those a lot of things are afraid of putting like too many vibrant colors because it doesn't, I think that it doesn't always seem as elegant in some eyes, but I think that this showed that you can have so many different um, like textures and colors and that kind of stuff and still have it have a very elegant, very elevated vibe, which I loved. And I loved how like unique the character design was like all of these characters looked so different and they all had so much personality baked into them just by how they, are animated i could not i cannot say enough good things about this short i loved it so much love a circus troupe mm-hmm. you know i also love them being like fuck it we ball we got to get it the fuck out of here bye i'm like no because i'm like where's their book where is their book are we ready to talk about the bandits of galak because yes as much as fuck i have yes. to, as much as i have to say about that this is by um uh, Studio eighty eight, right? Yeah, or by yes. eighty. This is by yes. eighty. This is by eighty eight pictures, which is Indian. This is one of my other favorites. I'm fucking obsessed yes. with this. Charu, you, you are my best fucking friend. I'm obsessed with him. Holy shit, he is everything to me. I was screaming, crying, throwing up this whole time. It was so. It's another thing I was talking about. Like it had so many bright colors and it had such an immersive atmosphere. And all of the character designs were so unique and so out there. It was so fucking good. Like, they felt very grounded. But when there was, like, a crazy character, they looked crazy. Like, the the um, the um Inquisitor. Oh, the Inquisitor was, was sick as hell. Scary as shit. I was obsessed with him. Um, One thing that I did think the whole time was that I was like, you know, we talked about this with season one of Visions. Where, like, Star Wars. They tend to steal from two things. Japan. And various South Asian cultures. And so this time around when it was like, what if it was Star Wars? But there are Indian people actually making it. You're like, oh, wait, this bangs. Like, like it was like there are several arcs of the Clone Wars where you're like, wow, cultural appropriation is really having a time here. And this felt like watching an like an episode of the Clone Wars where it it wasn't racist this time it was just cool it was just i was like oh this is how it's supposed to be this is how it's supposed to be the whole time shit um 
not for me to talk about Across the Spider-Verse again, but, like, in Across the Spider-Verse, when they did the whole, for, for Spider-Man India, and they did the whole, like, design and everything for him, they, like, they got Indian animators and a whole team in India to do all of his shit, and it, you could tell from the details, like, people have been pointing it out, whatever, and I feel like this is, this is very similar, whatever, and it was, it was just really cool, like, I compared it also to the Clone Wars, and that it felt very much like when you get to a certain planet, or you get somewhere, whatever, and you're, you're, you can you get a sense of place you get a sense of culture like they're traveling so you're getting a sense of several cultures you're getting a sense of several landscapes even that they covered in a very short amount of time um and the characters themselves are ending up in a place culturally that they weren't before because they're traveling um i did also notice that and this was a this was a theme in season one of visions but also in this season of there is like a slay little child but also like this is a force sensitive child who is hiding from the empire and what does that look like from different cultures and i feel like we see a little bit of that with the higher public of like what does it look like to be a force sensitive kid or a padawan or whatever in the higher public but it's like what is it what is it like to be a, a, a force sensitive kid in the very scary wide world of the you know post order 66 and like the different cultural meanings of that um I don't know. It was just, I just, I really liked it. Also, we get, we obviously we have a lot of sibling narratives in Star Wars. Um, but we also like the traditional, like, okay, I go off to my Jedi future and I say goodbye to someone and usually with a parent. And this is one of the sibling, um, which I thought was uh, crazy. I was crying. I was screaming. I was throwing up. Also, once again, MILF-ology. One could say GILF-ology. That, that woman, when she made her cane into a, I was like, like, no. like I, Yaddle before her because mm-hmm. no, Rugal, you are my best fucking friend. Holy shit! Every character in this was so cool. They were not only designed and animated in such a really cool way, like the characters themselves and the narratives that they're in. Even though they are all on screen for such a short time, they're all so fucking badass. Like every single one of them. Like uh, they're also like this is one of the ones where I like actually remember all the characters names which is funny like I've thought about this one so much I yeah she was so slay also like I don't know when visions first came out when vision season two first came out bitches on twitter were like how is her lightsaber a cane you guys are dumb okay you guys take the oh my like shut up but um I don't know I really liked her vibe I I love the scene where like all the stuff starts levitating and the inquisitor is like oh what's that about and she, fucking rugal is like you want to fucking fight somebody i'm right here like let's go another older woman getting to be a fucking badass i no, loved her vibe literally. i loved her i also like loved her design like i loved like all her facial piercings and like the like the just like dramatic gold jewelry she had on like i don't know i feel like a lot of times jedi's designs are pretty like plain clothes that like the man had like a robe or something but like she got to wear like a sleigh outfit and also be a badass you can be both. Rail Avaros coded, one could say. <laughs> we uh, Rail Avaros and and Rugal, they would be besties. They they would be besties. She would have mad beef with him though, because I feel like he would like swing his feet up on the table, and she would be like, "Fuck no, put that shit away." Yeah. Um, I will also say about her. What was interesting is that like we have a lot of stories of Jedi survivors, one could say. Um, who are always on the run. They're very traditional Star Wars. Like, they're on their ship. We got the Mantis crew. We got the Ghost crew. We got a lot of things. But for her, it's like she's kind of hiding in plain sight. Like, she has this whole underground 
thing, which also connects to it, the Obi-Wan series. We have, like, the hidden path or whatever. But, like, she's integrated with the, the society, whatever. She's wearing regular clothes. She's whatever. Um, clearly, there's probably people who know in her community or whatever. And she's just like, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not announcing it to anybody. But, like, I'm I'm hiding in, in, in plain sight. Um, and she's not like, oh, I'm... I'm hiding in the rural desert because I'm sad like Obi-Wan. Well, Obi-Wan had a job, to be fair. To be fair to him. Um, but she <laughs> was have... like, yeah, like she was like a commute, like a member of the community. Like she was like a community elder that everyone respected. Yeah, which 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 is cool, like knowing from the higher public, like because that's what the Jedi always were. Like when they were out in their outposts in the in the in the galaxy as well. So I'd like I thought that little piece of world building was really cool. Also, to the haters who were like, oh, her lightsaber, whatever, it was a direct homage to the first time you see Ahsoka in Rebels when she does the, like, double lightsaber pull that physically doesn't make any sense with the white lightsabers. She does it in Rebels, and then she does it again in live action in The Mandalorian. I was like, it is a direct reference to that, because Ahsoka is a is a South Asian icon, as we know, um, so... But it is a it is a direct reference to that. So maybe they maybe the people complaining about it are fucking fake fans. Anyway, another thing I really liked is um the emphasis on food, um because there was a part where um uh Rani, who is the the sister, she was talking about like Lebby candy, like Lebby sweets, and they had that for sale, which is based on um I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but it's Jalebi, which is um uh like south south asian and like west asian i think it's also like africa as well like northern africa as well but it's a sweet candy um that's really popular there so it is like a really cool thing to see like i I feel like we culture is so baked into food um baked into (laughs) but it's such a part of food i wasn't intentional that was no pun intended but it we don't see that a lot in star wars like there's all this like star wars food that draws on a lot of cultures, but it's always just kind of like amalgamous. So it was really cool to see something that was very much like a base. Again, as the the cool thing about Visions is it is drawing on the culture that it is, you know, that is making it. So it was just really neat to see a fun little, like a little reference or something of cultural importance like that. I thought that was really neat. And what is more Star Wars than taking something real and Star Warsifying it by giving it a, a little name and changing the color up or something and then being like, this is the Star Wars version. And we're like, okay, but well, we all know what that is in real life. Like, there's nothing more Star Wars than that. And I love that everybody gets to do that here. Everybody gets to do that. <laughs> I loved it. I loved... Basically, we talked about everything that I loved about it. Um, I loved... I just love stories about, like, siblings and specifically, like, stories that are, like, about siblings who have to, like, deal with loss. Um, Because in this this one, it wasn't sad. It was sad, but it wasn't, like, tragic, I guess, um, that, that she was going away, that she was she was being brought in by this Jedi to somewhere safe for her. Um, and I don't know. I just, I just liked it. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think it was really cool. Like, Taruk was putting his whole ass into every single thing that he did. Like, seeing the devotion that he has to his sister and to getting her somewhere safe and to his family, um, because they were doing this all at the behest of their father, who I assume perished. Um, I think that's what's implied. But seeing the level of dedication he has, he's very similar in a way to um, the character from In the Stars, in the oh, way that Tina? it's like, yeah, yeah. Tina, where it's like, I have to focus so much on protecting my younger sister that I have to have a certain level of separation from what is actually going on. And I think that he is a little different in the way that he is able to keep a bit more levity. And instead of by physical prowess or by being sneaky, he is more clever about it, if that makes sense. And I think that that's a very interesting um, perspective and an interesting character choice to have someone who is like, okay, well, I'm not going to be fighting. I'm not a fighter, but goddamn, I will protect your ass. It also has that kind of bittersweetness that a lot of Star Wars has where, like, he is he is protecting her, he is guiding her, whatever. Like, And he knows that at the end of this journey, he's going to have to leave her. She doesn't really realize that the whole time. And, like, once you realize kind of halfway through, like, he's who he's trying to take her towards whatever like you realize that and you're like oh okay my heart hurts a little bit i am crying you're crying i'm crying everybody's crying you know um and it's different than in into the stars i keep calling it across the stars i'm like nope that's not it also that inquisitor was cool as fuck that design that character design was fucking crazy i was so he was literally he was actually scary because I feel like a lot of Star Wars villains and a lot of Star Wars character design, I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be scary, but it's kind of campy and funny. But, like, he was actually scary despite, like, the fact that he had sort of the regular goofiness of a Star Wars character. He was, I was obsessed with him. I was obsessed with every single character in this one. It was so good. This was one of the shorts also that felt more like, oh, this could definitely fit, like, straight in universe. Um, like, straight up canon if they wanted it to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, because, like, it just, with the elements that they chose, whatever, um, so it was very interesting in that way. A lot more of the shorts from this season felt like they could be taken from canon, or, like, that they could fit into almost a canon-compliant situation. Yeah, I think that's also because there were several of them that were, like, set almost in the Old Republic, so they wouldn't have as much to, like, avoid, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, in the season one, I feel like it was only, like, 50-50. So the next one is The Pit, which I did like the style this was animated in. Like, I like the way that the characters were drawn. Um, yeah, David Diggs was here that I was surprised by. I was like, oh my god, okay. It was really fucked up when I was like, I kept laughing because this is a very serious short and it's really well done. And it like, you really feel the seriousness and the dread. And it's very interesting to see, like, how do you get a society to rally? How do you get people to look up and realize the wrongdoings of the society they live in? And how do you get people to take initiative? And how do you get people to contribute and help? And I think it's and about, like, community organizing and community leaders and how often um, your leaders are the ones that end up being martyrs. And I thought that it had a lot of really cool messages. The entire time I was like, oh, my God, that's David Diggs. <laughs> And I kept laughing, and then they were. I was like, "Oh my god, they're about to throw David Diggs in the pit!" And I was like, "Oh, this is like not funny. I can't even like make a joke about it. That was just straight up really fucked up." 
the premise of this one is kind of uh it's almost like horrifying this one's like a very like visceral horror concept of what the empire can do to someone like you feel this like when you're like oh they're trapped down there you're like whoa i feel claustrophobic um just the the premise was really cool um just as a like as a cool note for like the studio that made this is um dart stagio which is the first black owned anime studio in japan and then they co-produced it with um an employee from lucasfilm who like this was one of his first like projects that he was working working with with lucasfilm that's why they say like it says in the production that it's both the u.s and japan um so it is both both american and japanese like styles together which was really cool um i just thought like the concept was really cool um and also we were getting to the whole like resource extraction and um you know kyber crystals and that kind of this is another one where i was like oh they could drop that right into the canon whatever but they were like they chose to very much do this like this one almost felt like a parable or a fable kind of deal where it's like it's like this one like very fucked up premise that we're going around almost like a, a moral quandary situation which i thought was really interesting yeah i feel like uh i liked how much of this season felt like like they could be like regional like fables or stories like they felt very like I don't know. Uh, I yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought when they all like chanted and that got people to pay attention, that was like a really cool scene. Um, I don't know. I feel like this, like I I wanted like a little bit more. Like I wanted to know like okay, what happens now? Like at the end of it, but that's kind of that's like the trade off of something like visions. It's like you don't you don't get the and then what kind of deal. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think one thing I did really like, Claudia, something you had mentioned um, is about this being from the first um, Black-owned studio in Japan. What's really cool about it is you can tell one of the criticisms we had of Vision Season 1 is that one of uh, that they didn't have a whole lot of Black characters. And the one that they did have was a Black woman who was very, like, traditionally masculine and very violent. And it was just kind of like like overall it was still like it was a good short but that left kind of a weird taste in our mouths and it's really interesting to see like this season is so much more diverse not just because it is like from around the world but even in like this which is the one that's from japan like it is a story a very like a very like black story like it is yeah and you can tell that it, it you can tell that it is made by you know it is made by black people because it has a lot of not only in the character design where there's a lot of very diverse black characters but also in the content of the story itself it very much fits a narrative that represents a struggle that you know black people and black americans especially like have had to face of being you know having to work and having to do labor and then you know being thrown aside and not being you know helped and being actively stifled by the system and having to rally community you know to um like to advance and to you know regain power and i think that it was a very it was very pointed and it was very poignant and i think it it handled it in a very concise way and again it was not one that pulled its punches in terms of its politicalness like you knew what it was about it was not it was not vague 
There was also this very specific scene with the kid who gets out running into the city asking for help. Um, I mean, no, like, in real life, like, it is hard to get people to care. And it is hard to get people to help and whatever. And so the very powerful part of the short is that, like, people eventually... They, they do come and help whatever and it is about the collective action sort of thing that is the help of like this kid being like hey this is a real thing that's happening to people I am the proof that 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 it is happening sort of thing um it just it it was it was it was just a very it was just a I think it was just a really cool I think it was just a really cool story I it was it was scary like it was scary at one point like they got it got very very dark in terms of like there's people dying in the in the pit, whatever, and they're like not shying away from that in in Star Wars. Like it felt very much like Andor in that sense. Um, not like Star Wars is never dark. I feel like it it gets quite dark in some places. Um, but it just it 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 really it leaned into that. And but also I want to say it also leans into the hope, right? Like there's this there's a scene with the little girl with the kyber crystal that kind of implies that she might be like force sensitive of some kind whatever because she's like resonating with it and there's this kind of thing of that like for them the kyber crystal is something that they've had to extract and something that they have they extract that they cannot use or whatever when it and something that like the empire wants to use for something specific when actually it is something that like very similar to narratives in rogue one when we see that like the empire wants to use the crystals for the death star but like you have it as a symbol of faith and that kind of thing, like that Jin wears on a on a necklace and that kind of thing. Um, you have that scene with the little girl holding it, whatever, that it's like, oh, it has a different purpose and it's something that, like, we can use this thing that, like, we extracted or kind of thing. Um, I just thought it was, re- I thought it was really interesting. And, yeah, same thing that Noah said of, like, sometimes with some of these ones, I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. I'd love to see more. Damn. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get that. I think it's also this is one that I'm like, I feel like it's it's hard. Like I don't even have that much to say on it because I was like, damn, that was v- it was very concise. I-, I liked so much of it, and it was just it was just good. And I got I also liked that it went into the we have very special little girl trope, you know. Uh, yeah, like, it was very special little girl, and there were like there were mothers, there were sisters, there were you know a lot of a lot of very cool powerful women which is always exciting something this whole season has leaned into a lot yeah i really i really adored this one also seeing that it was called the pit i was like well well we know this one's already gonna start this mm-hmm. one's gonna start rough okay all right shit mm-hmm. got it um yeah also i also like the i like the character designs because you had a lot of humans but you also had a lot of aliens as well um it was just it was just neat it was just cool yeah yeah something i've i've thought about in star wars is like um first of all the depictions of police brutality um because we've only seen it for the majority happening to black people um which isn't great um but but it's you know I don't know, echoing what is true of reality. Um, and I think that they're, I, I'm, I was on the fence about this, about this short up until like when we started discussing it. Um, and Claudia, you had mentioned that 
this studio is like the first black owned studio in Japan. And I, I feel a little bit better and more comfortable in saying like, okay, I feel like this is less about like, oh, this is, I, I, I don't know. I was very afraid of it being kind of like, oh, well, we are going to talk about um, like the struggle that black people go through. But we also have to make it a martyr story and also have to include police brutality. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's more of like a reflection of like, okay, this is this is an experience as opposed to this is the experience, um, which is nice. Um, and I think also Star Wars kind of shies away um, or it doesn't even not that it does it shies away, but like we don't have our main characters necessarily being the people who are disenfranchised in this very specific way where their labor is being exploited um we kind of do but i feel like it's always like an afterthought things like um when at the beginning of rogue one where Jin is broke out of a basically a prison camp um and like i don't know i feel like labor exploitation in star wars is always kind of like a backdrop or a setting as opposed to like something that is really thought about, save for like Andor, of course. Um, and so it, it's, it's interesting that in thinking more about it, I think I'm coming around to the pit um, as a piece of Star Wars media talking about this. Also, I, yeah, I, I liked, I liked it for it. The, the message, the underlying message of it. Um, yeah. I think one of the differences between this and, like, when Black people would experience, you know, state brutality in Andor is that is who it is being produced by and the lens with which it is being done through. Because I, like I said, I think that this felt very intentional. It felt like it was making a comment. It was not for shock value. It was not for shock value. And even though it was shocking, that was the point. And that was, it it was part of saying like, yeah, what happens in real life is shocking. And this is something that happens in real life. Whereas in Andor, it was almost like, well, these are the characters in the roles that we have. And they happen to be black, but they also happen to be the only ones who experience this. And it's also being written by a white bunch of white people. So, you know, it's a very different kind of, uh, for me, at least it, it is a very different interpretation. Well, and you can sort of see some of that intentionality. I think, like, when they throw him, excuse me, when they throw him into the pit, like, the camera does not, like, linger on a body or, like, an image of violent trauma. Like, we see how his family reacts to that, and then we see how the people react. Whereas, I, like, I feel like so often those shots tend to be, like, lingering shots of, like, brutalized Black bodies, and this didn't do that, which I feel like is sort of, like, a, I don't know. I feel like it has to do with the intentionality behind what the goal of the plot was, basically. The background on the production of this um, also is that this is a this was a collaboration with uh, Lucasfilm. So it was actually an employee at Lucasfilm who was not in their animation department. He was Lucasfilm's like franchise video assets manager. His name is Leandre Thomas. Um, He got this idea and he pitched it to. Uh, the animation leadership and they really liked it and they were like okay this would work really well in Star Wars Visions and because they were doing Star Wars Visions and because like the people who worked in animation there 
know animation really well they knew of this studio in in japan and also they had worked with a lot of different studios in japan i believe it was athena portillo i'm was reading the article who knew about them and who and who was like oh i think this studio would really be able to like help you with your vision and do it and doing it so it was very much like it came from the mind of a black creative who works at lucasfilm and then who worked with a black anime studio um that's cool yeah which i think it's really cool also and, and i read a whole thing about like the process of how like he'd made he'd be like he's made like live action short films and stuff like that but he hadn't done animation before so like this is also like this is also like a, a like a really cool part of his career also so it was also it was, it's really cool in that way um also whenever people are talking about star wars visions in general the like the love for animation and the like opportunities that like all of the different studios have talked about and like the the trajectory on like their careers and stuff that they've talked about is like really interesting um you can just they, you can tell that there is a lot of love and intentionality that is put into all of it um in both seasons um also forgot the main kid's name in this one his name is crux which i think is cool i forgot that that was his name um also steve bloom is in this in the english we've been new yeah yeah he plays the empire the the the, he does yeah he plays like the um the guy oh my god i can't remember what his name is but like the leader of the empire who was giving the orders oh my god also, Anika Noni Rose is in it, too. I was like, damn, they got some big people for this. Um, well, they got they got a lot of big people for all of these episodes. Um, and I was like, um... But yeah, I just I, I just think this one has, like, a unique production story. story. Um, so anyway, Lucasfilm, maybe you should continue to do that and not have white guys behind the scenes writing and that kind of... Uh, that, sort of anyway this is a problem we've talked about and on many episodes anyway i'm like this is in the right direction keep it up (laughs) do better (laughs) so real um are we ready to talk about the last one yeah i love this one me too it was my favorite oh it's so listen oh this is our song i was so yeah just so you guys know our song, that is representation for girls who are strange and off-putting, and I love it. Not even <laughs> strange and off-putting, but, like, girlies who are, like, now what if I just did my thing? Also, I just feel like Ow and Cal Kestis would have hella beef or be best friends, because she's doing crazy shit. She is jumping around, maneuvering. And Cal Kestis, girl, if it, at least if I am playing you, you are falling to your death. Quite often. Yeah. I know she could slide down a big mud hill and be completely fine. Calcas is going to Exactly. I would love to play like a cozy farming game on that planet or in that animation style or like some sort of some sort of cookie run sort of thing. I just the animation style really cute. Adorable. Um, This is from a um, this is from an animation studio Triggerfish in South Africa. I just love 
I lo- I loved it. Just it felt so. It they felt like little felt dolls. It just made me smile the whole time. Also, the, again, much like the first short, this felt very much like the High Republic of like how do different people experience the Force, and in this and in this one, also another very slay older woman with the with the older Jedi. With her big hat, she was giving um, Saab Malagan. I was like, my God, Carrick, that is character design for the gods right there. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with her. No, I've been thinking about her design so much. She just looked so fucking good. All of the characters in this were designed so well. Was Alistair a Dilf? Yeah. Do we think so? Yes. Noah, what do you think? I, I, would, say, I would say yes. I, I'd hang out with him. I'd hang out with him for sure. Real. Um, I also loved like the the um the the way that it showed her pow- her singing happening um and the way that it was like animated was really 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 cool and like the way that it sort of centralized on her and you could see her and like the outlines through the mountains like that was really fucking good. Yeah, visually I- this was one of my favorites. I loved how it was shot and styled like and I'm like, look, I know the pla- the conditions of this planet are, like, not ideal, but, like, I want to hang out there. It looks like such, like, a cool, like, place to walk around. It looks like, it kind of looks like a little big planet level, which is a game I haven't played yes. in years. Oh, my God. But, like, but, like it kind of reminded me of that insofar as, like, everything is, like, wonderful to look at and feels, like, because of, like, the felted texture, like, feels, like, tangible and real, which I love. Um, and, yeah, also, cool lady with big hat. That's character right there. The rest of you need to start taking notes. If you put a cool woman in a big hat, I'm going to be sat for that. Absolutely. There was there was this vibe. It felt very Studio Ghibli to me also. And there was this vibe to her very much like, um, I want to say like, they very much had the relationship of like the cool painter girl in the woods and Kiki in Kiki's delivery service. Um... She had the vibe, the like gay aunt vibes that I want in life. Like she was just like, I'm really cool. I wear very slay jewelry. I have a cool hat, and I show up. I say hi, and like she clearly she has a relationship with everyone on the planet. Like she comes and says hi. Like she doesn't like live there all the time, but whatever. Like there was a sense of place. There was a sense of character. Whatever. It's not just like hello, I am a Jedi. Goodbye, kind of deal. Also, to the fucking Jedi Order haters. I'm going to take this short and I'm going to put it in front of your face because they're like, oh, they steal children. No, they fucking don't. Because she literally, she ta- she talks to the kid. She talks to the kid's parents. She gives them a fortnight to like think it, think about it, whatever. And obviously they've been thinking about it anyway because they know a Jedi in their life, whatever. And I was like, it's, bo- it's like both like a family and a community decision, whatever. It's like she's going with somebody she knows, whatever. And it's a hard decision. And it's bittersweet at the end, whatever, which is, like, such a Star Wars narrative, whatever. But I'm like, to all the Jedi haters, fuck off. I will make you watch this again and again. Also, for the, like, weird little girl representation, I have to say, I just know there's some kid who's going to watch this. And it's going to be one of those, like, pivotal memory kind of things where they're like, yeah, I watched this, like, 
animated thing when I was a kid and I was crazy about it. Like, I know this is going to root in some kid's brain, like, when I first watched, like, The Last Unicorn or some shit. Like, it it just felt like that. (laughs) No, it literally, no, because I was thinking about that earlier. I was thinking about, like, I wish I had had this, I wish I had our song when I was a little kid because I was a weird little fuck and, like, this this was, would be right up my alley, but instead I got fucking the Father Christmas movie where he's English and he's fucked up and goes on vacation to Vegas and, like, maxes out his credit card or whatever. I'm sorry, I've never we, heard okay, of this. I had never heard of it either, and we watched it for the first time this last Christmas. It's crazy. It's literally like Santa's like, fuck this, I'm going on vacation, and he's just, like, a fucked up little guy. Yeah, and he, like, eats so much, and he's like, oh, God, I ate so much, my tummy hurt. And, like, that was, to me, gender as fuck. I wish I had Alison <laughs> so my gender would be a little different. Anyways, this was a very beautiful short. I loved it. Yeah, I know. I, th- I think you've sort of summarized it for me. Yeah, no, I. that's it, yeah. We, I, yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm like. I have no notes. It was just perfect. I, like, it was so precious. And I also love the story of being, like, the Sith came from off planet and came and fucked up their world and fucked up the crystals and a girl from the planet said fuck that i'm gonna fix it like that is so cool i also love how like it really balanced whimsy and seriousness at the same time like because like the style of the animation was so like childlike but then like the actual like content of what it wanted to talk about i was like oh slay like it can be it can be both yeah which is that is that is Star Wars when it's at its best when it's like we can talk about something serious but also we it, it can be camp yeah like that is always Star Wars and it's Star Wars visions you get it you always get it you 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 are always my best friend I love that and I I loved too like it's again another thing of like you can see the culture you can see the South African like influences in the story and you know you can see how how it gives a very unique perspective not only in character designs but in narrative choices um and you know i know like mining is not a thing that's exclusive to south africa but like it's interesting having a thing of being like our natural resources being fucked up so now we have to fix it by mining and you know it's just a very interesting sort of cultural touchstone that i feel like we it does it uh, again a lot of the time we get stories like that but they're more just as a backdrop I just think it was very cool seeing how like this um this fictional culture that has been created like lives in concert with the land. And I just thought like and and the way that they interpret their environment. I just thought it was really cool. Like again, this one did a whole lot of world building in a very short amount of time. I also love the combination of like the technology being used. Like they're using a lot of different technology for mining um with obviously the magic as well. Like they're like we we get a we get mining in Andor we get it a, we get it every so often in uh, Rebels even Clone Wars that kind of thing. Um, I definitely think we get narratives like this in Rebels with Lothal. I think a lot, and I think that's one of Rebels' strengths is um, that it ends up being very localized to Lothal's struggles. Um, but that was one thing that I really love that it was like where it's like. It's like there's like the beauty in the natural world, but there's also the interesting stuff with the technology. Um, one could say that she's a girly in STEM. She is a girly in STEM. Um, she's a girly in STEAM. You're right. She is a girly in STEAM. <laughs> um, 
she's a she's a girly in STEM, but she wants to sing. That's what she wants. Um, <laughs> and she's like, but, but father, I want to sing. No. Um, the I children yearn for the minds. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's she wait. Can't. She's literally neurodivergent and a minor. <laughs> no, but like a minor. You're done. You're done. Out. And you're done. And we're done. Well, thanks so much for listening to Root Palps Pod Race. My cancellation is imminent. Wig. I can't. I can't with that. Neurodivergent and a minor. I laughed. I'll say it. I giggled. I thought that was funny. Do we want to? Do we want to speed round, go around, say what our favorites are, and then say what our favorites were, and, and wrap it up? I honestly don't know if I can conjure a list of my favorite ones, TBH. Because I, okay, I guess I'll just say I'm torn between the Spy Dancer and Screechers Reach. Those are the, the, the I'll, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to do the spineless move. And I'm not going to pick a single favorite because I can't. So I'm going to say that the Spy Dancer and Screechers Reach are my two favorites. And then I'll be done. I'm having a similar problem because I think that my favorites are actually also this uh, the Spy Dancer. But I would say the Bandits of Galak is my other um my other favorite one those are like those are the two that i'm like if i had to pick i think if i had to pick like which one i would like to see continued and like which one i would like to see become something else like a novel it would be the spy dancer but fantasy galak they put something in there they put something in there that's got me hooked um my favorite like i said is our song i just thought it was so charming and cute and I just need to know everything about Ao and her little fun Jedi friend and the adventures that they get up to and what her dad's up to and can he do a flip? Can he do a flip? I don't know. I just feel like the animation style of him doing a flip would be so fucking funny. Yeah, you're Anyways. right. You're right. Um, surprising no one, my favorite is In the Stars. I feel like I'm legally, contractually ob- obligated, but I'm not obligated because it is my favorite. Um, that being second, that being said, hard second tie between Bandits of Golok and Al Song because, and also, I did quite like Screechers Reach, I will say. Um, but Bandits of Golok and Al Song, they really, they put something in those. They really put something in those. Um... In the Stars, if In the Stars is not nominated for an Emmy, I will be tweeting everyday Latinophobia. Anyway. <laughs> Period. You're so real for that. You're no. so real for that. <laughs> With that, I believe it is now time for hashtag name that ship. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you're oh, not right. wrong. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yes, like, you are a dumbass. You're like, you're like, am I wrong? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to Name That Ship, everyone's favorite segment. It feels like a million years since we've recorded Name That Ship. Um, But it is a segment where one of our hosts will find a fan fiction and bring it to the table. We will read the tags, um, some of the characters, summary, etc. Everything that our esteemed hosts, our friends will need to try to guess who the main ship is. You know how it goes if you've listened to RuPalps before. Let's get into it. Are we ready? I brought one today. Ready, let's do it. I brought one yes. today that is very fun to me. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with it. <laughs> um, this is character A slash character B. Character A, character B, character C. 
Additional tags. Mpreg. <laughs> Mpreg character B. Father's Day. Alternate universe modern setting. Dad AU. Character B is character A, or character C is character A and character B's kid. Background is. I'm not done. Background polycule. That I, I, they're not listed as characters. Another character is another character's adoptive kid. Neither of those characters are listed in the tags. And, um, that's it. Is character B Jesus Christ? Yes, you got it. No. Uh, for those listening at home, we are recording this the day after Father's Day. This is the so day after relevant. Father's Day, yes. Um, okay, so are these both Star Wars characters? They are or is all, this a crossover? No, they're all Star Wars characters. Okay, and then second question to that. Uh, so this is two men, yes? yes? Okay. Have these men canonically interacted at any point? Yes, quite a lot. Is this a popular ship? Um, I would say it's not one of these characters' most popular ship, but it's definitely their second most. Is one of them a clone? No. Is one of them a Jedi? No. Really? Is one of them okay. Zeb? No! <laughs> I wouldn't bring one Zeb and That's not something to laugh about. Um, One of them, he's not a Sith, but he wants to be. Is it Maul? Maul? No. Savage? No. The fifth brother? <laughs> no. <laughs> Think about it. A character who is like, I'm a Sith, guys. But he's wicked not. I mean, I don't Gregory? know if he wants to be a Sith, but he seems like someone who wanted want to be a Sith. Ben Solo? Kylo Ren is character B. He is the one who is pregnant in the- Kylo Ren is pregnant. Well, okay. <laughs> it's Kylux. It is Kylux, yes. Um, Kylo has already given birth. They have a... Who do you think... This character is their son. Who do you think is their son? Because this is why I brought this. Because this... this Please don't say Poe Dameron. No, but Poe is in it. Jedi Storm Pilot is also in this. Um, The other tag I didn't say is BB-8 is Poe's adoptive kid. So... Okay. Is is the child in question... No. Is the child in question from the sequel series? Yes. Okay. Please don't say is Rose. It, is it BBC Sherlock? Yes. No, it's not okay. BBC Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Who has no fucking business being their son. I read this. I was like, what the fuck? Is it a uh, man? It's a man, yeah. Who is Lord Santeca. No, but this character is older than both of them. Luke Skywalker. I, mean, I think he's older than both of them. I don't know. Oh, Wait, wait, wait. Um, um, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I can't remember his name. He he was in Sharknado? What? Oh, oh, Jeremy Gilbert from The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> wait, that was Piranha 3D. <laughs> Shit, Piranha 3D. No. Snap Wexley? No. Snap Wexley. Fuck. Um, fucking General Pride <laughs> from the third sequel movie. No, this is a character who Snoke? I actually... Yes, Snoke is their son. What? That Kylo gave birth to. Their son is Snoke. This <gasps> is also, it's so important to know this was written in 2017. So before, um, I think it was pre-Last Jedi? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that, I'm obsessed with that. That's, That's a so time capsule um, right there. Leia, Leia has a little Father's Day party at her house, and Kylo can't think of an excuse for them not to go. Then they go, and I'm pretty sure Kylo and Rey are cousins. Cool. Anyway, okay. I just, the fact that Snoke is their son really sent me. <laughs> um. Well, this one is not topical to Father's Day. Actually, 
In a way, it kind of is. Um, this was sent to me by the actual Kate Bishop on TikTok, who has a history of sending us generally pretty great fix. <laughs> so I was excited about Another this. banger. I know it's going to um, be. I actually, I like this. I, I have so many thoughts about this. Anyway, so this is, um, so here, here are the pairings. Character A slash character B. Character A and character B. Character C and character A, and character A and character D. So there are there are four characters, only one ship, and that's A slash B. The additional tags are alternate universe canon divergence. I can't read that one. First contact, parental bonding, parallels, light angst, everyone has issues, everyone needs a hug, touch-starved character A, Mind your injuries, strangers to question mark, <laughs> pre slash, character A's midlife crisis TM, <laughs> POV alternating, I'm smashing, I can't, oh wait, I can't say that, that tag I'll read at the end because that will give away sort of what's going on here. So, that's what we've got to work with. Are they Jedi care? are there Jedi characters? One of them is a Jedi, not in the ship though. Uh, Claudia's like just Claudia's turned off. Her light just turned off. It looks like she just got unfriended. <laughs> okay, so one of them, one of them is, a, I guess, actually, I don't know if Jedi is the right word. Jedi, kind of. Okay, so a Force user. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, is this a character who has like been a member of the Jedi Order? No. Okay. Not in any, not in any real capacity. Anyway. Ventress. No, 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 no. They are light side aligned. Hmm. Ahsoka. No, he said they have getting warmer. They have not been a part of the Jedi Order, so not Ahsoka. Someone, Kanan, Cal Kestis. All Um, of them have been members of the Jedi Order, guys. Yeah. Um, is this a character who? Um, wait, Claudia, do you have it? Luke Skywalker. No, but quite close by proximity. Leia. Obi Wan. No, no, no. Okay, okay. First of all, Obi Wan was a member of the Jedi Order. No, this. (laughs) You guys are awful at this. No, okay. I'm <laughs> a Star Wars I... fan. I knew that. No, okay. So so this character, first of all, this is not one of the characters in the ship. This is character D. Oh, Lord. Ben Solo. Right no, 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 no. Um, okay. How do I put this? So I don't think they ever counted. They're, okay. They're quite a popular character and they have been for some time, but they were also a fairly recent invention. Like Grogu. in the history of Star Wars. Finn. Yes. Grogu. Oh. Grogu is character D. <laughs> Is one Dinjarin? Yes, that is character A. Is one Cobb Vanth? Cobb Vanth. No. Who is, okay, so is the character he's being shipped with a bounty hunter? In a sense. Grief Karga. But not, no, Fuck. no. A it's clone? at this point, I have a twist to reveal to you. Oh, no. This is a crossover <laughs> fit. Oh, no! Oh no! You, Noah just did a little a, a little thing. dance. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. This is a Miguel effect. O'Hara. So, no, so character. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. So character B, who's in the ship, and character C, are both from the crossover property. Okay, is this a movie? No. Is this a book series? Book. No. Is this a comic game? There is one. There is a comic. Or the there Walking is a video Dead. Game? 
There, there is a comic. There's also a video game. Oh wow! I was gonna, the Walking I was, Dead. I was gonna rag on you for no. saying The Walking Dead, but that actually does have a comic. The oh Last of Us. Game. This is The Last <gasps> of Us. Is that <laughs> Joel Miller? Oh wow! <laughs> is that Ellie? Is the other character? Yes. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Pedro so Pascal. This... Ex Pedro Pascal. Yes. And so the tag that I the tag that I could not read was I'm smashing the space western and the zo- and the zombie western together like two Ken dolls. <laughs> I'm obsessed with okay. that. So, this is um, the, the Pedroverse. So the premise of this of this fic, basically, is that Din Djarin and one Grogu... Uh, or no, so Grogu is, Grogu is away. Grogu is with the Jedi. This, I believe... Hold on, when was this written? Recently. But this is under the impression that Grogu is hanging out with the Jedi and Din is not with him anymore, so he's sad. Din's ship crashes in Wyoming... Uh, right First after, mistake. If yeah, <gasps> I know. Um, I'm if I'm reading this correctly, this this Dinjarin ship crashes in Wyoming directly after Ellie and Joel decide to part ways and have that big blowout fight. <gasps> so Ellie runs into the woods and is like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" That's fucked up. Okay, also obsessed with that. Obsessed with oh wow. Obsessed with the idea that that. The Last of Us is taking place in the Star Wars universe, and everywhere's just like, fuck that planet, we're not going there. No, like, that, I haven't actually, like, read this entire fic, because, I do want to, because also, like, um, there are, there's, there's some stuff, there's some stuff, this is, like, a series, yeah, there are parts to this, there are multiple parts, and I do want to read all of them. Um, okay, so. I, thank you to the actual Kate Bishop, because when I opened this, it said Din Djarin slash Joel Miller, my soul left my body. I've never been happier. I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> they really went, this is for Noah. Noah Core, um, yeah. That's why when you were like, is he a bounty hunter? I was like, I mean, kind of. But like, I don't know if Joe's I... quite a bounty hunter, but I appreciate. He kind of is when he li- when he's living in Boston. Like, he oh, I does, guess that's Like, he smuggles of... shit. He chases people down. Yeah, he does. Like, a little bit. He does some bountying. He, okay. So, here's a question. If we're into the Pedroverse... Mm-hmm. Who is who is the Miguel O'Hara? Who is well? You can't have a Miguel O'Hara of the Pedroverse. Oscar Isaac, I think, is the answer. Yeah, I think I think Oscar Isaac is, is actually still just Miguel O'Hara. Anyway, anyway, to fin- to finish off to finish off my name that ship. Thank you to the actual Kate Bishop. This fic made my. I saw this actually before we recorded the Zebbies. It's been that long, and I was thinking about it since then. So I'm happy that I I got to bring it forth now because it was absolutely wonderful to to see. Um, and with that, thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPalp's Race. Episodes drop every other Sunday until the Ahsoka series, but for updates, Star Wars news, and more curse shit, follow us on social media at RuPalp's Race. And if you want to ask us a question, you can send them to our TikTok Q&A, Tumblr Ask Box, or email us at RuPalp'sPodRace at gmail.com. If you really love the show, please consider rating and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast. And tell a friend who might be interested. It really helps. May the force be with you, and don't cook it up. Waka waka! waka. waka.